we uh, should we talk about Mandalorian? Let's hit it up. Baby. That's probably best. Beam me up. Let's uh, d- yeah, let's talk about the latest exploit from John Favreau, like the the, the biggest name in a uh, when you say exploit, it makes him sound like really dodgy. Does a little bit, but they yeah. definitely. I w- I was thinking the other day that Disney definitely got him to do it because they were like, oh, who's who's on the payroll? Who's good at like revamping franchises that are going yeah. a bit stale? Oh, oh we John can bank on this guy. Yeah, John Favreau he did Iron Man. You yeah, know, it's Jungle Book like the franchise. Maybe he can have. That. Yeah, that's, my point is he's <laughs> on the payroll. They can, yeah, and Jungle Book and didn't he do the Lion King one as well? Uh, yeah. Which I've heard very mixed things about as well. Oh yeah, the but, Jungle Book thing. I I do not think it's very good at all. See, no, he didn't. He, he didn't write those, did he? he I mean, well, I, yeah, all the Disney. I don't know. We should probably do a podcast on the. Uh, Oh, that would be really fun. Because to be fair, yeah. I have seen all of them apart from Aladdin. That's a really I, good I've only I've only seen Aladdin, so we can do it. We could do it like tomorrow. <laughs> do you actually want to? Could do. It will basically the thing is the entire thing will just be me talking about Aladdin and you occasionally getting a point about one of the others. Oh no, that's oh. not. No, it's like I have no, seen a sure bit of Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> no, I'm not that interested. You've seen them. That's all. You know, that's all that matters. Point is, it's the, it's the most Disney thing, the most like you know lazy thing to do to hire John Favreau to do it. Technically, it's like, it, do you not think it seems a bit weird to me? Uh, see, mind you, he that. didn't write he didn't write the Disney remakes, did he? He just but, he just what did he do? He didn't direct them, did he? He directed them. He directed what? Jungle Book and he directed uh, Lion King. So he directed the live action. Oh, I guess it's mocap, isn't it? Forget what I said. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I can't imagine being a director. (laughs) He's actually, thing is, as a director, he's quite a big deal. I mean, like, he made um, Elf. I mean, I say quite a big deal. Oh, Elf is a classic film. He's made loads of weird things. Like, Elf, he made the Zafura thing, which was kind of meant to be like a a kind of spiritual sequel to Jumanji. And when I was a kid, I watched Zafura. Yeah. And when I was a kid, I watched Zafura loads of times. It was a really cool film. And it also had the guy who plays... uh, Peter, or his name is in uh, Hunger Games. Oh, um, God, so. I mean, he also yeah. made Chef, which is an excellent film. Yeah, and who apparently it's a really cool TV show. And um, the TV show is awesome as well. Yeah, no, yeah. He's, he's a great guy. We love but, we love John Favreau. He's, but then, a really, he's a really cool guy. Otherwise, um, it, it seems weird that he would do this, other than the fact that Disney definitely just brought him on because... He's 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 good at you know revitalizing franchises that are going stale. I wouldn't which... be surprised if he's a big geek though. I mean, you know, well, he's, obviously he, he is. Well, he he directed um, Iron Man one and two. Yeah. Uh, he was also an executive producer on um, Iron Man three, The Avengers, uh, Age I think of Spider-Man Ultron, Homecoming, he was Infinity also... War, Endgame. I think he was involved in that, but I can't find it on the credits. But I did see that he was. Oh involved. really. Yeah, um, but obviously he's in those films as well. He's a good actor. Like, he's a talented guy. He also made Cowboys and Aliens, which is terrible. Oh God, that's like so the thing is like <laughs> I would say basically Elf, and then MCU, thumbs up Favreau. Yeah, and then Chef as well. To be fair, yeah, and then everything Chef's else is, is kind of rubbish. I think Zafira is classically rubbish, but you know, yeah, but no he, one cares he, about classically he, rubbish, do they? He's he's a good popcorn filmmaker. I think is yeah. what I'm saying here because even the stuff that's not so good. Uh, still did really well at the box office. He is actually a box office sensation, really, isn't he? Um, yes, which is and very continues weird. to be now. Because is he an auteur? Is he an auteur? Well, yeah. that is what's that is what's funny. Because this is this does doesn't feel like that he's just doing that you know basic thing like you know run of the mill TV show. It sounds franchise. a bit 
Yeah, it sounds a bit it's, like it's the though. same as what you did with Iron Man. It is because you know Marvel films were in a bit of a bit of a tricky spot. They didn't know what they were supposed to be because they'd just been like in the early two thousand. They'd been ousted by like DC for being all dark and stuff, and they didn't really know what they were supposed to be doing. And so then John Favreau came in and did it, and that's exactly what Star Wars has been going through. Ever, ever since ever since the prequels, Star Wars is like people have realised that Star Wars is like a really like a different thing when other people get hold of it, and like ever since then it's been kind of weird. Yeah, well, like for better or worse, like the prequels changed like a like changed a lot in how people see the franchise. Like they like, like the tone is different, and like the world feels different, and there's like a different sense of mystery. And then again, the prequel, the sequel trilogy does like the same sort of thing, or it does so a, really, weird, a weird thing with the franchise that make people confused we about were, it. Because of when we were born, though, yeah, um, the sequel trilogy for me feels like the first time that Star Wars got weird. Because I mean, we were—I was only eight when um, *Runs of Sith* came out. So for me, *Star Wars* has always, in my head, been those six films, and everything else has been extended stuff. No, even see, now, I, see, even see, now I, still I feel see, like that. No, I don't. I because when I, even though we're the same age, I didn't really watch the the prequels until a fair bit after they'd come out. Okay. And I, I basically watched. Um, I think I watched *A New Hope* in 2006 probably okay so you were nine so so but i think i don't think i got to the prequels until like 2010 probably that's mad see i was, so ra- I, so I was the, absolutely the prequels raised did feel prequels. like history yeah well i'm kind of glad i I wasn't in a way because i think that would have skewed my because if i'd watched those before watching the original trilogy i don't think i'd have gotten through the original trilogy at all yeah because i was never good with 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 like complex films i definitely films when I, was I definitely up. had to like uh rediscover the original trilogy when i was older like yeah. i think it was when i was about 16 was when i watched the original trilogy as if it like wasn't a theme park ride like it was the first yeah. time i actually watched it as a film and i was think... blown away yeah but the point is ever since the prequels everything star wars has felt like a sort of uh a response to some form of backlash about the, about the franchise so whether it's in games or TV shows or films, hmm. like it's it's felt it felt it hasn't felt like it's had a proper direction yet. Like it re it needed, it did it needed a new era to be defined by 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 Disney owning it. I know the sequels did do that, and I really liked them, as I've put on record. But they are very much sort of sort of t- they're still lashed into. The original, uh, the original trilogy, as is the prequels. Whereas the Mandalorian is something that's almost completely separate, and it's almost character entirely united um, Star Wars fans. Yeah, I'm, and I think it's probably I think that is because it's, it's... That has united Star Wars fans since Empire Strikes Back. Although apparently, when they, those original trilogy came out, people didn't like uh, Empire Strikes Back. Like apparently, it was really backlashed against at the time. Yeah, I, but I don't think I don't I don't think it was for long. I think people did. People were really into Empire by the time Return of the Jedi came out. Well, the interesting thing is um, that because I watched some YouTube videos about it, apparently when Return of the Jedi came out for like until the um, home releases were done in the nineties, everyone mm. was under the impression that Return of the Jedi was definitely the best. Yeah. I think people were just happy that the story would be concluded. Most of the reason that Empire got such a big uh, backlash is at the time, the idea that a big film like that would end on them losing was quite a 
quite a big deal. Especially for a family film. I mean, it's not the Yeah, Godfather, exactly. But, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it happened in loads of other yeah, types of films. But, yeah, for kids, that's, that's horrible. Yeah. I'm not surprised that, yeah, nerds, we'd have probably been, you know, shitting ourselves if we'd watched that as kids. Yeah. We'd have been really upset. But... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but the po- I think I think it it Mandalorian is the has the weirdly it feels like the newest thing that's come out of st- like Star Wars since the originals. But also, it does actually feel in tone. It feels a lot. It feels a lot like the original films. Not it least because it's it surprisingly like, slow. And in inverted commas, yeah, um, it does feel like the most George Lucas Star Wars thing since he left. Yes. Well, I mean, when when did he leave? After Revenge of the Sith, yeah, I As guess in, like so. that's the last film he made. Well, I think this is the most Star Wars feeling thing since before the prequels, even because, because the prequels, for me, the prequels, well, because really the prequels like did, Wars, like I that's... said, the prequels changed what people thought Star Wars was for better or worse. Not, not you know whether you think it's a bad thing or a good thing doesn't matter. The point is, it changed, it changed the tone, it changed the sense of humor, it changed its sense of mystery. Hmm. Especially in the Force, that's something we'll probably talk about later on about the episodes. But the way that this show treats the Force is basically it re- helps to remystify it is a big part of what makes it feel like the original trilogy for me. Because mm-hmm. obviously, I mean, for all the good things about the prequels, the whole you know, the fact that the fact that almost every main character was a Force user and that Force was now like a scientific thing did sort of bring people out of it again. The well, sequel started to claw it back a bit. They yeah. didn't really dwell on it very much. But in I this, mean, it's made into being... Everyone being a Force being... user made sense because of when it was... Yeah, set. no, of course it did. But but obviously, it, it was it was tricky because in the, in the originals, you could sort of aspire to, you know, being a special person who had access to this thing. Whereas obviously, then you watch the prequels, it's like, oh, well, everyone's got it. It's, it's nothing, it's, it doesn't seem as special as such. It makes perfect narrative sense. Of course. Yeah, but apparently the Metachlorian I, thing as well is that Metachlorians are, it's a way of measuring the force. It's not actually, Yeah. it's a way of measuring it. It's different. But like again, it, it would be like someone coming up to you and saying, oh, your soul can be measured by a certain number of cells. Oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. Heart. It's definitely a You'd problem. You'd be like, oh, okay. It's brilliant. also, I think, um, <laughs> one of the worst moments of dialogue from that film. Where it feels oh, sure. Like it's a, it feels like it's a video game where he goes, hey, yeah. Qui-Gon. What are Metachlorians? No, it's dreadful. Oh, it's I like laugh the, so it's hard. the closest it's so thing there is to like a direct piece to camera yeah. in any Star Wars film. <laughs> well, they could have cut out like fifteen minutes of dialogue in that film about, about that stuff, and they could have saved a shit ton of like you know Backlash. fan mail coming in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think I think part of the best thing of one of the main characters of the Mandalorian is that it helps to remystify the Force again, make it seem mysterious and bizarre mm. and alien. And like uncontrollable almost. But we see. Do you want to go through episode? We haven't really talked. We haven't really discussed how we're going to do this. Do you want to just go through episode by episode? Yeah. We um, probably. We probably. We probably should. And then we can gonna, recap the whole. There thing. will definitely be some episodes that we we'd forget about if we didn't go through them one by one. Yeah. Because there are a couple of. Episodes I'll get out the names for them. Yes, I think I can remember them. Most of the names. So you can give it a go yeah, if you want. I'll tell you if you're right or wrong. The first one's called the Mandalorian. Is it? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's it. yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Oh, interesting, very, by the way. Um, Favreau doesn't direct it, he just writes it. Yes, which uh, I was apart surprised from two by. episodes, he didn't write The Gunslinger and he didn't write The Prisoner. And the other thing was, um, just, just to cap off the conversation we were having a minute ago, 
I like to think, I don't know, but I like to think that John Favreau is a huge Star Wars nerd, which would definitely make sense from like the detail he's put into the world in this. Um, he better be. Well, I, I, I like to think that he is using the fact that he's on Disney's payroll in order to oh, yeah. get them to do this. I mean, he's helping, like... starting to save Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, Completely. definitely. Because he's helping to redefine it and give it a new story. Yeah. At least at least one new story. Because it needed to be done with completely outside everything we had in the Skywalker saga, basically, and we haven't had that until now at all. Yeah. Also he, the fact yeah. Because yeah. everything else links into it. True. Literally, even Clone oh. Wars, um, you know. It does, but again, it's not it's not I don't think it's integral to the plot necessarily, which is why it's good. Because it does do, it does give fan service, but it's not the fan service isn't the plot or the character. Yeah, yeah exactly. The, was, the fan service feel... is, tends to be universe building, which stuff. is why it's so much. I think so much better than um, Solo, where it's ticking Solo boxes. and Rogue and Solo and Rogue One. Yeah, because they, t- they box tick. The fan service is the plot and the character of the films. Yeah, exactly. Which because is... these things should survive on their own. You should be able to well, make exactly. the Mandalorian series without Star Wars existing. And it's still well, also, you can have you can have your own you can have an actual sense of dread in the characters if you don't actually know who they are in the past or future. Exactly. So episodes. Yeah. The Mandalorian, episode yeah. one. So one cool thing, um, you know, like the cast. It was really cool to see that Apollo Creed from Rocky was Who's in something. Uh, so Apollo Creed in Rocky is um, the guy he. <laughs> this has is just going to be you teaching me about all the actors in. Is the guy he had to fight <laughs> in Rocky one and two. And okay. then, uh, but he's in um, three and four as well. Spoilers about yeah. the Rocky films, by the way. Uh, yeah, spo- spoilers generally. He doesn't uh, beat him in the first one, obviously. Well, he doesn't beat Rock- uh, Creed, or Creed doesn't beat Rocky. Well, I don't know if he's in the second one, then he's he monster didn't beat him. Rocky. Well, I'm not. I'm not spoiling it. You got to uh, no. watch them. Oh. Great film series. I'm the not Rocky that bothered about series. watching Sylvester Stallone to sort of slog his way through dialogue. For, you'd you'd what, be watching. It's not slogging. Like his performance in the Rocky films is an absolute ten. We're oh, talking right. top okay. twenty best film performances. No, seriously. No, all right, all right, all right, all right. For, for one of absolutely you know, amazing. Be able to get to bed. There's on time. a reason Let's someone that there's a reason someone that weird can be this successful. <laughs> like, and do you think he's weirder than Schwarzenegger? Uh, I'd say Schwarzenegger's no. weirder. He's definitely weirder. Really? Uh, Arnie is. Arnie is. I'm saying. Oh Arnie right, okay. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Stallone's just like a bit weird. <laughs> but by comparison, um, anyway, so yeah, it was cool to see um, him back in the role yeah. of a legend. Um, yeah, that's in the cast that's interesting. Taika Waititi. Obviously. Oh, Taika Waititi does an amazing job. Yeah, so cool. Yes, and obviously he'll he be needs back to later be in, in every film. I honestly think he should play a character in every film. Yeah, even if it's just a droid or something. He's an absolute gem. It's weird how he's just exploded in the the film and TV world recently. In pop popular. Perception, at least. Obviously, I mean, don't don't get while. me wrong. He's a great um, director. Yeah, but like, th- th- there are. I I think the reason he's does exploded... he direct the first episode? No, he directs the last one. But yeah, the reason yeah, he's exploded sure. is because yeah, he's funny, and also because he's a good actor as well. I think if he hadn't been a good actor as well, it probably wouldn't explode in the same way. You know? He's all this. He's a he's a yeah. He's the, he's the trio. He's a writer, director, and. Um... Like Favreau, actually. Like Favreau, yeah. yeah. I just that. yeah. Um, and they've both got their own unique senses of humour, yeah. which is why it's good. They've Carl Weathers, by the way, is the guy from Rocky, just so we're name-checking. 
Uh, yeah. Oh, 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 he's the guy who plays the leader of the guild. Yeah, yeah. Oh, isn't he's, he also in Predator? He's awesome. Uh, oh, I think he is. I think I, I think that's the only thing I because I remember a while ago I looked it up and I've never seen Predator. I've never seen Predator. Which Predator is one of the. There's best a lot of eighties and nineties films I haven't directed seen. Directed by the guy who made Die Hard. So um, that's crazy. Can I put was, on record? I know um, we're doing the. I know we're doing the cast, but since I want to, I want to mention the intro to the show, or rather the intro to what's presumably going to be now all Star Wars related media. Oh, you mean something like the, I'm? The, like I'm the extremely of upset Anakin's about helmet. You don't like I it. I think. I think it looks absolute shite. Really? Wow. It, it looks so cheap. Me and my dad, because I watch the series with my dad, we God's sit sake. there looking at that every time, basically dying, because we're like, this is so cool. No, right. So I love the reason it. I, no, it, but the problem is, well, okay, first of all, the, weirdly, the CG on it looks dreadful. It looks like they're all made out of wax. It's really weird. With the, with, and also, it, it's colour palette... Is red and blue. Yeah, the lightsabers. Uh, I don't know. I don't think it works very well. That's not really the Star Wars color palette. I know it is for lightsabers, but it's, it looks like they're because they're lit from the top, aren't they? It looks like they're lit by the lightsabers as they're flying over them. I do, well, I do, no, it looks like so. In that case, it'll be two, someone holding two lightsabers like to their side and just sort of wibbling them around. That looks sick. Also, the wax no. could be a bit like you know how at the end of um. It's super uh, the dull. The second Avengers movie, like it's how super they dull. put them all as like um, statues. It could be like that because the design of all these cool masks and stuff, like they're classic. I just the thing is, is the thing. I I hate I hate this. The problem. <laughs> it's a shame. I love the MCU, but it has caused one of the most irritating, um, like facets of all film and TV making now of the obsession of making like an intro that says, "Oh look, we're a cinematic universe." But this, like Star Wars, everyone knows what Star Wars is. You don't need to wank yourself off before the show starts. We, everyone knows what it is, and I just think it just looks it's kind of dull. And it, kind of, it feels like a waste of time, especially because it has that, and then it goes straight to like the pre-credits, and then you get the actual intro to the episode, which is the uh, the Mandalorian logo with the music, which is I think superb. The music That's awesome in this as a series. tone setter. Is unbelievable. Yeah, but that sets the tone. The thing before with all the flashing lights and the weird blackness mm. with the with the flashy colours, it's not very bright or interesting. Kind of feels a bit dull compared to what this show is doing. I don't know. Mm. It feels a bit weird to me. I really hope they change it because I, I feel like they'll 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 change it for the next time they do something. Yeah, they'll put Darth Maul in it. Well, probably. Yeah. That is another weird thing. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. Oh God. No. Well, Move on, whatever. I agree, though. Yeah, the soundtrack is excellent. Pretty much throughout the entire... Every episode, more or less. Yeah, uh, especially the returning it's, it's theme. The main theme. With the percussion. And the, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's so, awesome. Yeah. Like, I had it in yeah. my head for a week. Like, when when the main theme is catchy, like, you've smashed it. Because there's not... Yeah. Like, all, like, a lot of TV themes. There's a lot, but, you know... It's, there's you can like, get someone humming the to the ten, percussion. Yeah, well, get, like if, I think I always say if you can hear, if you can get yourself humming the percussion in your spare time, I always find myself going bunk, 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 Yeah, exactly. It's like um, it means it's got in your head. It's like doing it's the, the drum roll at the start of EastEnders, or like oh, um, Christ. Yeah, but it's a classic, classic theme though. Like this is what I mean. Yeah, but that's so what you want. Shite. Yeah, but EastEnders is classic. I'm just saying. I feel uh, like um, I, I, I hate yeah. EastEnders. I think it's morally. It's not I think, classic. I, I think EastEnders is really bad for society. 
but that's yeah. the different discussion. It's a plague. Um, I think that the Mandalorian thing is basically they've managed to get a classic theme, which is so important to Star Wars. Yeah. Especially when uh, it's, the music isn't done by John Williams, you know, it's done by someone else. And that's... Yeah, which is weird. And I like the use of like um, uh, the kind of there's like woodwind in it, right? Right? I don't know. It sounds like a western yeah, yeah, theme, yeah. doesn't it? It really sounds like a western theme, like the kind of uh, the man with no yeah, name. Tribe, the tribal, there's trilogy. a tribal. And obviously, yeah, the way that they use um, Pedro Pascal's character, the Mandalorian, in the series is yes. very much the kind of feel that Clint Eastwood has in his Spaghetti Western trilogy. Yeah, and that I think um, that's probably most evident in the first episode as well. Yeah, yeah. So much of that, especially the intro scene, which is, you know, spot on, because it sort of gives a sense of mystery and seriousness. And also, the thing I really like about the show is it gives is it has a lot of moral ambiguity in it, which you don't see an awful lot in Star Wars, because it's usually about black and white, good and evil sort of stuff. Whereas having your main protagonist being someone who's not really a good guy in the start is really nice. Yeah, well, two of the best, um, two of the best Star Wars characters are the two of the only ones who have that ambiguity. Well, Maybe they three. were before Han, Solo Han came Solo, out. Han Solo, Darth yeah. Vader, well, and um, Kylo, Ren. Kylo Ren are all good I, Well, yeah, so, Han Solo used to be until they made the fucking film about him. Mm. It's like Timeless Children. Mm. You can just choose to ignore it. Mm. I know, and I will. But every, it means every time someone brings it up, I have to make a humming noise. The thing is, Solo is a character piece on its own is actually kind of fun. Like, it's just... It doesn't work with New Hope. Uh, I don't care. People like it. That's fine for the stupid. It's got some um, great scenes. <laughs> Moving on. But yeah, they, they yeah they make an amazing use of the of the of the Western feel, especially as it's funny because they're in a they're on a, on a like a ice plane, which is technically a desert. Is the Antarctic yeah, exactly. Desert, yeah, which yeah. means they're in a desert. Oh, the, really and the first scene means business, like the bit where they um. Oh, he cuts the guy the in half. Yeah. Oh, because oh, the thing a, is, that's yeah. a great fan moment, right? Because haven't hasn't every fan wondered. What happens if you get stuck in that door? <laughs> I am. Yeah. I think about it all the time. Well, especially the ones in the, the ones in the Death Star are yeah. horrible, where they close in from all four sides. Yeah. Yeah, and I've always imagined me just being stuck in the middle. Yeah. And well, it like just... that scene in The Incredibles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Precisely like that. Actually. It's true. But, yeah. Yeah. Um... <laughs> so that, that's just an awesome way to start. Um... I don't think the sh- weirdly, I'm you know, I would say it's the wrong way, but I don't think the show has that many individual scenes that do that level of like good storytelling. I mean, to be fair, if you're going to have like an amazing scene like that, put it at the start, obviously. Yeah. But I think the fact, I mean, also the fact that it was in the trailer was a bit of a shame. I think it would have been cool to get that without knowing what was going to happen. Yeah, but really, everyone, any, everyone who saw the trailer was waiting a, for that scene to happen. Anything from a big franchise, I think we've learned, just doesn't need a trailer. Everything would be better without a trailer. Especially Star Wars. No one no one anymore in the universe needs a trailer to tell them whether or not they're going to want to watch a Star Wars related thing. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, you I'm either know or you anyway. don't at this point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're either part of the family happen, that watches you know? Star Wars or you're not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... I love on the ship as well that he's uh, that he freezes them in carbonite. That's awesome. That's cool. I wonder. This is speculation. But I want because and I, I may have mentioned this before, but they never. Um, I feel like that's something that was invented in Empire Strikes Back because that was like something they'd never done before. Yeah, and didn't like, they the have? They didn't they have to it. do it? Because it was the best way of doing it with where they were. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, and it had the carbonite. Yeah, well, there. Also, they, they said they the didn't know if it was going to kill them or not. So yeah, exactly. That shows it was experimental. So it's cool that they then he then uses obviously Boba Fett was maybe a Mandalorian. No one, oh no, he's not technically. Well, he might be. Well, Mandalorian is a creed, Jack... not a race, isn't it? 
True, but they never actually say whether Django was part of the Mandalorian. Or yeah, or if the Mandalorian's got his helmet. Because it's the same, right? No, it's not. No, What's no, no, it's a, diff- it's, it's a different helmet. So, um, it just looks so Jang- similar. Well, the, well, yeah, the, all, the, all the Mandalorian helmets have that, have that tri shape of the visor. Yeah. But um, it doesn't, it, the, the front of it has got like a, a sort of a raised section panel that goes over it. And there's also mm. the bits at the side look a bit different. Um, no, no, trust me. Oh, okay, and also, cool. I, think, I, I don't think Barbara's and Django's has the weird sort of, um, oh, how do I put it? Has a little sort of, uh, it sort of points away at the end. Oh, I can't fucking, I'm useless at describing it. <laughs> I'm looking at it and I can't even describe it's it. It's cool, you, you've made your point. I mean, um... Yeah, yeah, no, it's not, it's not the same. Also, for reasons that will come up later, he's definitely not. Uh, Boba Fett. You know what's had a... Oh, by the way, this will contain some spoilers for the series, obviously. Contain fucking loads of spoilers. And series two as well. Again? uh, If you've managed to avoid the rumours. Series two hasn't come out yet. No, but there's loads of rumours about it. Oh, yeah, sure. You've just made a reference to it. Also, um, I just wanted to say... (laughs) So you know when they get to the ship, etc., the ship. So Mm. did you know the ship, the design of it's had a, a little bit of backlash, like... And actually, I Backlash. agree. I don't think his ship is that interesting. I would not buy the Lego set. It's not supposed to be. It's, all part, char- it's all part of his character. He's not like a. He's not special or anything. He's just a good bounty hunter. I like it. Actually, weirdly, it reminds me an awful lot of in uh, in the in the PS2 game Bounty Hunter. Um, Django's ship before he gets Slave One looks a surprisingly. Looks surprisingly like that one. Oh, maybe that's so. It's possible. Maybe it's, it's a good ship for, for bounty hunters to use because the maybe. story is based. Oh, I, I like it because it because it is a cargo ship. It's not a fighter. Yeah, which is cool because usually you know aspiring for a Star Wars ship, you want it to be covered in guns and stuff. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe people are expecting it to be iconic, yeah. and, it, and it shouldn't be. You know, no. Well, I and also I reckon he'll probably get a cooler ship in the next season. Maybe. Yeah. Even if he does that, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a problem because part. I mean, the first half of this series is basically entirely focused on the fact that uh, Mando's got the lower hand on everything. Yeah, which makes you know, him he doesn't, he doesn't have the high ground. It's fantastic, like just seeing him get kicked around all the time. Yeah. Oh, did you notice? You know, um, uh, when he gets to uh, oh, how do I say it? The little speeder that takes him to their ship uh, on the ice plains. Um, yeah, yeah. The guy who calls it is a uh, is uh, the Imperial spies. From a new home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one makes the sort of sque- yeah, the squeaky noise things. I yeah, love yeah. that. That was so cool. Um, they they put they put in especially in the first episode, I think, and the second probably. They put in loads of um, a shit ton of references to stuff. It's mental. I mean, it's good again because it's just silly references which I like. But what do you think about his characterization of not liking droids? Um. Well, think... it's no, it's no, all right. Sorry. It's not, it's not really... It's just really it like feels a, a weird little to me it's, plot thread. Yeah. It's so not made reason, a big deal out of... I don't know. It's not bad, but it's not great. Like. I think it's odd. he Because it, it makes a big thing out of it. And it, and I like it. It's a cool little thing. But they never really explain until like the last episode that the reason for it is that because his family were killed by super battle droids. Which yeah. is a cool scene that last episode. But I feel like that was a kind of a bad way of setting that up. Because they basically only show those bits in flashbacks, which are kind of usually the most awkward parts of the show. Yeah, yeah well, especially the, the first episode where he has the, the first weird, episode. The, that's the, the only, yeah, it's the only bit of the first episode that is like. <laughs> oh, hard, so awkward! Writing. I could barely watch. I was laughing so hard. I, it was very much like the Metaclorian <laughs> thing. Like yeah, the way it, it was. was so like, but I, but but I was a foundling. 
Yeah, I was like, what? Who cares? He says it out of nowhere. It's like you going to your mum and going, I'm your son. I know, but no, <laughs> they keep bringing it up as well. Like, yeah. Because when, uh, this, this is Gush jumping ahead of it, when he gets uh, all the metal and, um, and he gets uh, what they call like flying wings, what are they called? Wingtips. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, oh yeah, spare some for the, for the foundlings. And I was like, why are, they, why, why are they giving poisonous darts to the foundlings? That's really weird. Maybe they just they're going to kill the foundlings. I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's super weird. I've got no um, idea what they're doing. So other people in the episode, uh, unless we're just kind of working for the episode in our head in order. I mean, Werner I'm Hob- trying to. Werner <laughs> Herzog, that's it. Werner Herzog. Wer- he is amazing. He's got the most superb voice in the world. Oh, I didn't know he was the bad guy in Jack Reacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told you about this the other day. Oh, I okay. watched it. My bad. Well, he's sort of the bad guy. He's like the sort of the, the bad guy behind the bad guy. He's barely a, in it. A bit like in this show. Well, no. What? Th- well, this is something that yeah, I have a slight problem with later. But I yeah. really like Werner Herzog. I especially this this show again does an excellent job of um, of showing the empires like what happened to the empire after uh, Return of the Jedi. And I love that you have also... to figure out when it's set. Because I was yeah no sure they do an excellent job of saying oh yeah while he, the empire's men- around or not you know yeah yeah because he mentions oh the empire's gone and then yeah you see like the old stormtroopers which look awesome by the way yeah, yeah, yeah I love the fact that so they're all beat up them. and yeah oh it's uh, that is I was so I mean for all my want of a new story you can't you know you can't not smile when you see a stormtrooper it's just I mean thing. let's not get into an argue argument about it. Because, I mean, there is definitely an argument to, to be had between us here because we'll disagree. But do you remember, um, I, I was saying to you the other day about how um, the, one of the only things I struggle with about the sequel trilogy that really gets in the way of my being able to stomach it is, yeah. the, is the fact that I just find it really uninspiring how the First Order is basically a reskin and how the Rebels are just carrying on. Like, it makes, this, it makes the sixth episode of Star Wars feel like it wasn't as conclusive. And it just kind of feels like Disney were playing. True, I don't think that's like, people like this and people like this. So we'll reskin them, rebrand them, and let's go again. And it's a small thing, but it is annoying. It's a very small thing. It's also no worse than the fact that the clones are the people who turn into stormtroopers. Nah, not. Even, I don't it's, think so. It is. It's the same principle. Yeah, but it's different because that's set it's before. Be- well, of course, it's set before, but that just means it's a foregone conclusion. So everyone knows it's going to happen anyway. So if anything, ah, it has point. less narrative impact. Um, no, way, but, but that's, yeah, but that's, cool but that's the thing. You don't, but that it's yeah, it's good that, that that they're using shows like this, and also they touch upon this in the uh, in the campaign for Star Wars Battlefront Two, which I haven't finished yet. Oh, cool! But I haven't started yet because I'm really worried yeah. that I won't well, enjoy that, it. Well, well, no, you should you should play it. I think you uh, you know it gives some nice context to some stuff. Yeah, just setting new stories, but yeah, that sort of draws you know about the fact that just because the Death Star was destroyed doesn't mean it's all over. Yeah. But the point is, it's on it's on the downturn, or it's sort of in, it's a power vacuum, which technically is probably the most interesting time to set a story. Yeah. Which is why it's interesting because the empire sort of still existing, but they're kind of screwed up and kind of doing weird stuff because they're potentially how experimenting you... on children. Yeah. Well, how will you feel if um they keep doing stuff set in this vacuum and uh, well, they eventually should. start seeing the rise of the first order and stuff? So it's kind of I'm, a bit like a yeah. soft sequel prequel, if that makes sense. Well, a the thing soft is, Rogue I was one. Yeah, I was kind of hoping that the uh, the sort of the pre-Empire people would just be there to punctuate the story, but now obviously it turns out that they're going to be quite a big part of it, which I think is a shame because I think the less we know, I mean, again, you might disagree, the less we know about how 
the Empire becomes the First Order, the better, because that is only going to end up causing fans, like the Star Wars fan base being the most irritating in the universe, it's just going to cause them to ask even more questions, and it's just going to cause all sorts of nonsense from happening. So I hope they stay away from that, and they try and they keep it its own story, but, but who's to say, you yeah. know? Um, I love the fact that they use the word Parsec correctly! Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they keep whenever they say parser, it's great. It's like they're, they're so happy they've learned one word. It's like a kid with, in, at school and we finally works out what a word means. They use well, it's it a, everywhere. It's a classic thing that like um, science teachers like to annoy you with at school. Like you know, in Star Wars, when they say parsec, mm. you know what I mean. The other thing, of course, that's one that, thing. So you, know, you can't hear about. explosions in space. Mm. Mm. Actually, that's a double wrong because that, yeah, that, that you can actually hear some explosions in space. Can you? Yeah. Yeah, because well, theoretically, if um, if there if there are particles and that if there's like you know mass and basically not a vacuum in a spaceship and it explodes, if the particles are enough to reach you, then there's vibrations that can be picked up in your ears. Mm. If you're really far away from like a planet blowing up, you won't, like if you see a supernova like a star exploding in the distance, you won't hear it. But like, if you were right next to it in space, you'd fucking well you'd be dead, but you'd hear it. Mm. Anyway, that's not the point. It's stu- people who complain about that are stupid. Like the first thing you want to have a go at is the fact that you can't hear things in space, not the fact that the spaceships can move at all <laughs> in space. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. maneuver. It's crazy because they're oh, maneuvering also, in nothingness, right? Like crazy. Yeah. The other another weird thing. I think it was in this episode. Um, it might be in the second one. They're uh, they're cooking. You know, Jabba's Jabba, uh, Jabba the Hutt's pet. They went. Oh yeah. They're um, cooking them on that planet. Oh well, there's one on a rotisserie. What on <laughs> on Tatooine or on the? No, um, not on Tatooine. The whatever the fuck the planet is on the first foot. I don't know what, where the wherever the Mandalorians are. They do, do say they, it. Do they ever I say do, what planet? Yeah, they they say it in the last episode, but I can't. Hey, remember. here's the thing. I don't care because you know what? It doesn't matter. No, it, it's cool. And it's just a good thing. Which I is mean, a bit to annoying. be fair, it's a bit annoying when they then do go to Tatooine. It or is. Whatever. It is really <laughs> just a grey Tatooine in the way that the buildings look and stuff. But I yeah, don't but care. who cares? That's care. the thing. That's that is one. Of, that is one of the weirdest things that people have a problem. I've heard, I always hear this. People have a go at Jakku because oh, it's another desert planet. It's like if you're trying to build a universe, are you saying there's only ever going to be one desert planet? Yeah, there's more than one desert in the world. There's going to be fucking hundreds of them, thousands. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same goes for like you know, there's an ice planet at the beginning of this this episode. No one goes, no, it's not Hoth. Boring. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. Yeah. I think people have a go at the Jakku thing because. Um, they're being cynical because Force Awakens feels like a bit of a reskin of New Hope. That's probably why. Yeah, well, that's they're just forgetting that whole point of it. But never mind. Yeah, watch <laughs> movies with Mickey to change your Mikey, mind. Mikey, Mikey, you always call him Mickey. Well, if you want to change your mind about Force Awakens, if you don't like it for that reason, have a watch. Yeah, because he's got a really good explanation of why it could be a good thing. It is a good thing. Yeah, it, it, it is a good thing. Yes, in it, they deserve. I think they deserve to exist. I don't oh, think no. the Mandalorian. I don't think the Mandalorian. Don't get me wrong. I, I do. I do agree with what you said on that video you did about the sequel trilogy. I do agree with you. Yeah, it's cool. I just you know it's just my least favorite Star Wars trilogy. Like no, it. that's uh, fair enough. You know, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure how I feel about the fact that the Mandalorian tribe is there as well. I like it, but I think one weird. I was not expecting there to be others so quickly. Because I kind of thought that there was going to be about the fact that Mandalorian has to survive on his own, like he might be the last of his kind. This is admittedly just me saying what I would have 
like to have seen. Which technically, it feels mean, weird. We, we, that we always say this together. We can't use that as an argument against. No, him. I'm not. You have to but judge I still there. feel like it does take tension away from his role as a lone person in the universe. He kind he's... of is still a lone person. It does still feel like he's the but only he is one later. who leaves. He's still kind of the only one who leaves the building. Is my view of it. He's keep, he's bringing them the money back. I don't so think. I think there survive. are. I think no. I think there are others that leave, aren't there? I don't think so. They don't leave what until the fuck are they all episode three. They're playing chess. They're just sat there. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, that's see, that's what I mean. It's not really explained what the deal is because they then get angry. One of them, the, the guy who John Favreau plays, I think, um, oh yeah, off with him for for dealing doing dealings with the Empire. It's like, well, isn't that what he's supposed to be doing? Yeah, isn't he helping you. Yeah, super weird. Oh, that's something that I think is awesome. Is um, so that the thing about the uh, the metal, um. You know that that he's being paid in. I think it's a really cool um, uh, sort of representation of like colonialism about how the empire, like the British Empire, like t- went to the Mandalorian settlements, the indigenous you know settlements, and t- took their materials away from them to then sell back to them later. Which or I quite like. Um, also, like Nazi gold. Yeah, symbol. I was going to like, say like, like, the like an ex-men first class, right? Yeah, well, because well, well, the point is, back. well, because obviously. Um, the gold was taken from the jewellery and stuff of... The Jewish you know, people. Jewish, yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, sold back to them, essentially. And obviously... Um, which is a seri- really serious thing to bring up in a Star Wars thing as well, which is yeah. great. But obviously, like, um, it's not the first time they've based uh, stuff in Star Wars on World War II. Well, not obviously, the Empire is meant to be... Well, yeah, the, the prequel <laughs> trilogy is basically about a reflection of Hitler's rise to power and, you know... The uh, I guess so, the, yeah. night, the Night of the Long Knives uh, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. is meant to the be temple. the same as the, uh, the Temple. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 exactly. There's, there's lots of stuff. In no, it. that's true. Hey, should we so, talk about your favourite character in the whole show? What, Quill? Yeah. Yeah, oh, he's amazing. Yeah, no, he, he's... <laughs> Mr. Def- I have spoken. When he died, I honestly threw something. Yes. I cannot. Oh. He's a, no, he's a really cool character. He's brilliant. I don't know why. He just is. There you I go. know That's why. My Which, I, well, I think it's because because the whole show is basically depicting it as everyone as being a, like a pragmatist and out for themselves because everyone's a bounty hunter, and he's basically the only one in the entire show who's only doing things because he wants to make the world better. Because the whole show is about post empire, and Mandalorian. The Mandalorian has to learn that he should be, you know, trying to rebuild you know, a better world rather than just, you know, taking from it. Which is why he ends up then taking responsibility for the child. Yeah. Which is cool. So he's so Quill's like basically the most important person in the characterization of the Mandalorian throughout the series, I'd say. Yeah, and, he, and how he changes him. Yeah. And he's also the prosthetics and everything about it is excellent. Oh, you know what's also something about this about something about the show? I, I was gonna bring it up later, but I might as well now. The way uh, the you way they use CG and practical effects in this is actually amazing. So, yeah. like, so apparently, you... Baby Yoda isn't. Oh, that yes, isn't a isn't a puppet, which is right. Crazy. So I no, he is right. So I didn't know. Yeah, the the other week I I heard wrong about it. So partly he's like part, part he's a puppet for like all the shots where they you know don't have to have him walking. But then for all the bits where he's like sort of set sort of set apart, so you can see his whole body. They do CG, but they do an, an amazing job of making him look like and move like a puppet, mm. which is superb. No, so what's really cool is that I right. So this is this is going to be the shitest explanation of of uh, CG and cinematography you've ever heard. Uh, but basically, that all pretty much all the sets 
are like they're not sets, but they're also they're not green screens. So that the entire set room is surrounded by like a um like a sheet that that they project onto. But it's like you know uh, you know Mission Impossible uh, Ghost Protocol. Yeah. And they put up that big thing. Oh, that's awesome! Like, and and the they camera, walk down the, the corridor. Point, yeah, yes, but the point, yeah, but so basically, it sort of gets the perspective of the man who's looking at it, and then shows you what it would look like. They basically do that, but so whatever the camera is looking at, the projectors change to say, show what the background would be looking like from the camera's perspective. Oh, so it moves in real time, but it also means the actors get like somewhat sense of space around them. Because apparently, when um, Liam Neeson, I think, said like when they made the prequels, it was quite difficult because yeah, it wasn't because obviously like um, the whole blue the screen, whole thing was on blue and green screen basically. Yeah, which which is which is cool. I mean, she's fine. I, and but I think having nothing in in the actual set. Would have yeah. been an issue, surely. Like, you know. but like, I super, I'd re- I'd recommend either just going on YouTube or I think it is on Disney Plus. You can watch like a like a behind the scenes thing, and yeah. it's so amazing. It's literally like 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 what it looks like in Mission Impossible. To be fair, by doing that, they basically combined one like the best CG element from the prequels with the whole fact that you should use practical effects when you can, because yeah, practical exactly. effects, real stuff is always going to be better than not real stuff. Anyone who well, says the point, yeah, the point is, is you use crazy. real stuff as as a to you mimic real stuff in CG. You don't just create it from scratch. Yeah. Exactly. But um, <laughs> yeah, I remember you McGregor used to said that the uh, the last scene in uh, Revenge of the Sith when he has to like deliver the uh, Luke to uh, aunt and uncle, whatever they're called. Hmm. He like had to uncle had to sort of sit on the, like what? Yeah, that's it. Uh, <laughs> whenever when he uh, was sat on like the weird camel thing, it was just like a green box, and he had to like do the movements. To pretend he was riding it. Great actor. He basically had to hump a green block. <laughs> so yeah, if you want to know what what a great actor has to do, you you got to get him <laughs> humping a big green block. Doesn't even move. <laughs> like that is why Ewan McGregor is a nine out of ten. What in in his old career? Definitely. Just any, it's an old career. He can oh, do that. Minimum, like I've never seen him be less than excellent. <laughs> like he's always incredible. Yeah. He's one of he's one of the best actors of the last twenty years. Definitely. Well, yeah, last yeah. thirty years. What do you think of the uh, oh the two legged dinosaur things? I forgot what they're fucking called. Oh, they? they look like things Blur, out blanks. of um. They look exactly like these things that you fight in uh in Ratchet and Clank. I'm trying to remember which one. I was gonna say they look like they are the uh, Ogobogdos from Jedi Fallen Order, just with two legs. Oh, they do. Yeah, yeah. A little bit. They're all right. Like they don't look, cool. like I, like I said, a lot of stuff from Ratchet and Clank, so they don't look like, get, like that original. It, the first episode's really awkward, where they basically spend like they spend like a good five ten minutes like showing him learning to get on a horse. Oh, um, Ratchet and Clank fans, they're from Ratchet and Clank too, uh, okay, in, in the Gladiator fight. Anyway, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, it's very western, isn't it? There's so him many trying every, to tame almost his horse, every episode of this trying show, to break even, in the horse. Yeah, but it's it's <laughs> it's so funny. I wonder whether it is a playing it safe thing, but but even though this show's doing so many new things for for the franchise. Almost every episode spends at least five minutes doing like a really typical like other film trope. It's really quite weird. Like, they, like it's almost like they said, "Oh, we've got to include a him learning to to ride, like get on a horse and successfully ride sequence." Let's put yeah, it but that's there. but that's because it's um like I say, it's, <laughs> it's it's the western thing. I wonder how many of these tropes will be western tropes. Yeah, I, I, as I've as I shamefully admit, I don't. I've never really seen a proper western. Not like an original one. You should watch Bone Tomahawk. Yes, I need to see. I know I need to see most of them, but I just yeah. I'm sh- Technically, what was it? we were saying this the other day? Logan genre. and Logan and Jack and Django. Those that's the closest I've ever come to. Yeah, 
They are, yeah. they are westerns. <laughs> that's, that's it. Oh, Django. Do you reckon that's why this is a western? Oh, no, forget it. It doesn't matter. Well, he is a gunslinger, oh, isn't he? Is that is why he's called Django. Yeah. Do you think that's why they called him... Oh, no, I, I can't forget it. I can't remember well, to get Well, Django, Django. Well, you no, because obviously Django Unchained is after the prequels. I wonder if Django is meant to be a western uh, thing, no, which is why Django they made Django Un... Fett a gunslinger. But Django Unchained is like... It's spelled a... differently, I know. But also it's... um. There are Django films before Django Unchained that he is uh, like they're exploitation. Oh, because it's a folklore cinema. thing, Django, isn't he? Is it? Is that what? Well, it I is? think yeah, because Django is meant to be this Django outlaw. Yeah, like this outlaw fella. It's like having Glorious Bastards is an old film from like the seventies. Is it? But he takes the name of it. That's not even that old to be remaking it that quickly. Seventies. Yeah. Well, he's not. It's not a remake. He just takes the name of like um, old kind of exploitation. Is it in canon? Or like they're like B movies. No, they're not canonically related. I don't think. Oh right. He, just take, he takes ideas from them. Yeah, it kind of is. Oh, I see. But it's not called. It's not called Inglorious. Yeah, he he's taking he's taking characters. Oh somewhere. right. Okay. So like the you. Django Django Unchained, he's taking a character who is from yeah, old yeah. films and being like, how would I use this guy? Because that's what he does. Hmm. I think mental. the end, yeah, the end of the first episode is super, especially with the IG unit turning up and doing. It's so shooting. cool when they when they He's shoot so cool. the the thing. It's like yes, yeah. when they shoot the turret. It's also oh yeah yeah yeah, but it's all all the bits of the IG unit are great because he they that that was one of the things again that old original Star Wars fans really wanted to see one of like IG eighty eight from the Empire Strikes Back. They wanted to see what he could do. I know it's obviously yeah. it's a different IG unit, but. I think it's really cool. That oh, they fully deliver. He's, for... he's awesome. Oh yeah, and he's also, in the last episode. He's equally fantastic. Yeah, um, yeah, he's but They use him really well. Um, and obviously, yeah. Baby Yoda. Which we just talk about Baby Yoda for like a small second. Get it out of the way. Really cute. Really cool. Like <laughs> I like the fact that they never give it a name and they never re- refer to Yoda in the show because thank Christ that would be a problem. Yeah. Because obviously everyone so always talks about cute. Yoda doesn't actually have a race, it doesn't have a named planet or anything. I don't think I get cuted out very much. No. But like baby I. Yoda, literally all the time I look at him, I just think, oh, I want to buy my little baby Yoda plushie. Well, I think baby humans are disgusting. So it says a lot that they managed to make baby Yoda really sweet. Oh, he's adorable. <laughs> you can't imagine him pulling himself, can you? I, th- well, I can now. What oh, Jesus. What, kind of yellowy? No, it'd be blue. It'd be blue. Blue and glowing. That would be sick. That's actually why the the Empire want the Chalice. Nothing. They actually don't realize it can use the Force. It's really. It's a awkward. bit like how the they actually wanted want the blue egg. glowing shit because they think yeah. all, it's they think it's Kyber crystals. Maybe it shits Kyber crystals. <laughs> there we go. We sorted so, it. So awkward. That's how Yoda was. Uh... <laughs> Making, making... That's the only reason they let, they let Yoda on the council. He's actually just a stupid old man. <laughs> but he gets the kyber crystals. It's that's why. That's why when he's um he has to force jump all the time because it's just stuck up his bum and it really hurts. It's really so horrible. He's Count Dooku. Yeah. He's really yeah. He's sleeping in the sink. Oh my god! That's why he yeah. makes that <laughs> noise. <laughs> oh wow, that's so sad. We're sorry, Yoda. Uh, maybe that you, you know you know the woman Yoda who's inexplicably in Phantom Menace. Maybe she died in the same way as Elvis. Oh Christ! Yeah, no one ever fucking talks about her. Yeah, maybe she Yoda died like definitely Elvis. killed her. <laughs> no, her and her and Yoda, I think, had baby Yoda. My, my theory. I I I really desperately hope that's not true. I so do I. I, if that's if that if they do that, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be so disappointed. But in the way that the Mandalorian, you know, picks up little bits from Star Wars lore, 
Yeah. And runs with it, you know. Could There's a to... difference between picking up lore and trying to tie it into an older story. We've just seen... I'm not going to... We're not talking too much. We've just seen in the most recent uh, series of Doctor Who that you can't just do that and get away with it. Yeah. So I really, really, really hope they try and... They, they just... Yeah. By the end of the series, they start to stray too a little bit too close for me to like existing storylines. They haven't they haven't gone like too far, but it's getting like close to it. And I hope but they back away a bit. But to be so the existing storylines that they're doing, they are like quite not cult, but it's like stuff from the Clone Wars. So yeah, I'm just saying, it, yeah, it's, it's it is. from TV shows. It's not from films. Like, but it's still on, risky. It, it, but yeah, it's risky. But give them a break. Like, yeah. No, 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 I will. Um, also, um, <laughs> so the guy who plays Quill is Nick Nolte. And since I've seen him in this, I have not been able to escape him, and it's been completely by accident. This happened to me so with I Werner watched... Herzog. Because yeah. I watched Jack Re- I watched Jack Reacher the day after I watched the first episode of The Mandalorian. Yeah, and then obviously I get two dosages of him. Recently watched like Rick and Morty and stuff, so it's like. Oh yeah! Oh yeah. shit! Oh, you know what? That yeah, that really freaks me out. I forgot about that. Yeah, but like Nick Knoll, um, so he's in Warrior with Tom Hardy. He's quality oh, yeah. in that. If you want to see him being an amazing actor. Mm. He's great in that. That film's a 7 out of 10. And also another 7 out of 10 film, which is, I prefer it to Warrior because it's got an absolute classic De Niro performance, is Cape Fear. And um, Nick Knoll is quality in that. Like, he's such a good actor. And if you look through his. Um... Is he not? Is he a short bloke? No, he's not short at all. Oh, what? He's quite. I think. Let's see. How do they. How do they. Wow, that's impressive. I wonder how they did that. Well, I think he just voices the. Oh, is he just the voice? It's not yeah. a puppet. I think they have a. I think they have a person just with prosthetics. Wait, they did a very good job of lip syncing. If that's the case, he's he's taller than me by two centimeters, and I'm six foot. Oh, yeah, yeah, you are. That, that's the worst. <laughs> he's two centimeters taller than me, and I'm six feet. Yeah, so he's like so tall. Right. Okay. He's quite tall. Not really tall. Just kind of your mixing system. Pretty like tall. That. But anyway, yeah, great actor. Great actor. Yeah, um, he's great. If you um, look at him, he looks like such a hard man. Yeah, and he conti- and he continues to be an absolute legend in the second episode as well. Yes, so um, um, second episode is definitely my favourite episode. I think I think it's the best. I think it's the best episode. Like, like and objectively also, speaking, not that this means it's good because it doesn't necessarily guarantee that it's good. Because the Jowers, obviously, no, it feels <laughs> the most George Lucasy because oh. you basically have a ridiculous. Very random adventure serial as an episode where it's like right this there's barely any talking in the whole thing. Yeah. Um, oh, I love yeah, the, like the first fifteen minutes, isn't it? Like, there's no talking. Yeah, and we just got to see it's this insane. guy trying try and get up the. Is it a scavenger? Is that what they call the Jawa? No, the Sandcrawler. Sandcrawler, there you go. Yeah, yeah classic um, Absolute quality, and the that bit I love it so much when he's sitting in the front and he's massive. <laughs> Yeah, and they're tidy. <laughs> so, no, I don't I, know why I, these things are so satisfying, but I think the series knows that Star Wars fans love that universe, and it's just cramming us through loads of these little nooks and crannies that yeah. we didn't know we didn't know we it, wanted to see. It is, although again, it it brings up that weird thing that Jawas. I always because everyone always assumes Jawas are a purely a Tatooine thing, so obviously they're not. I oh, know that is Tatooine. I think no, the second no, the second episode isn't. Yeah, because it's where um, Thingy lives. It's where Quill lives. Sorry? It's where Quill lives, and that's Tatooine. No, I don't, no, I don't, no, I don't think so. Ooh, okay. I, I don't know, then. Yeah, no. It's I, just so another sample of it. It's where, yeah, it and, 
and not that there's any problem with that. I, I mostly for me, I love the fact that Mando just just kills just kills Jawas. Just, just, just straight, up, straight up shoots them oh, in the face. This is they the sound like babies, and he shoots them. And you know what? He doesn't even whinge. Are you listening, Anakin? You know he slaughters the children like animals. What's the problem? Animals. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> um, it's a really this episode is the best example as well of why this series is great in that you he's completely not an overpowered character. Like he gets properly yeah exactly. You get an absolute sense of dread from it. And yes, probably... the entire episode is him losing. Yeah, basically. And you and you haven't had that in Star Wars, really. No, exactly. No, it's great. That's that is the that is. Uh, I agree. Like the biggest strength it's, of it is that he's not. It's, my, it's probably my favorite thing about the series, possibly. It's yeah, definitely up there. Like it's just every, really every even. Yeah, but even as in later episodes, even like small threats are like really difficult for him to take care of. Yeah, consistently. Last... Even even by the end, it's still like in the last episode. I was convinced he would die. Were you? And that's what oh, you the want. scene. Yeah, the scene with IGS. Yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought right, so he's died. So what's happening next? Yeah, is, is she going to become the Mandalorian now? Is she yeah. going to dress up as him because you know she's good at fighting? Do yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, um, but obviously that didn't happen. But no. But oh, yeah, well. the Jawas uh, are, are are a superb thing. Yeah, it's him just calling up so that. George Lucas. I feel f- like I'm watching yeah. Temple of Doom, but without it being as offensive. Yeah. Like when I see this episode, like it just feels like all out ridiculous adventure, like Saturday morning cartoon, it is, 1950s yeah, serial. And I it, love it. It is so much basically the, the thing that all original Star Wars films have, the weird kooky adventure thing. It's like an entire episode yeah. sort of that, but spaced yeah. out so it doesn't feel too in your face because there's so much, like you said, there's so much silence and so much just sort of sitting down to talk. The best bit of the episode, I still think, is the is the fight with the whatever the fuck it's called, the right giant fluff, fluffy rhino, rhino thing. At the end. Rhino thing, yeah, that is awesome. amazing. When Yoda, got... yeah. when Baby Yoda picks that up, it is so. It made me feel the way that when Yoda picks up the X wing, this is exactly what I mean because it, this is it's bringing mystery back to the force. It's making it seem like an abstract thing, like yeah. an instinct, and less of. Like something scientific or something. Yeah, because obviously it's, it's a baby doing it. It is an instinct, you know. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't know. It barely understands what's going on. It's also, that whole scene. It's got so many brilliant additions. Like it has like the the gun jams, which is a fantastic thing. You never see that oh, in Star Wars. Yeah. The design of it and again the CG is amazing. The fact that he gets nowhere near winning is amazing. <laughs> and yeah, no, the bit where he uses the force, the bit, the way that the uh, um, the sound, like the uh, the uh, what do you call it? Sound effects, like sort of muffle and drop off, and it just, you can just sort of hear the music with that bit of white noise over the top. Yeah, it's amazing use of sound design. Yeah, sort of and sound design like such a big event. is what Star Wars is definitely the king in cinema for. It's always got the best sound design. It is consistently even in even in Star Wars films that that people don't like. Like sound I don't design like is still a ten. Sound design is it's, still amazing. Sound yeah. design is always a ten. Everyone hates the Rise of Skywalker, but it's got sh- you know, and also and and. Phantom Menace, but they both got fucking oh, amazing. Oh, the pod racing. Yeah, the pod. Yeah, the pod racing. Yeah, yeah the all of it. All... just amazing. Yeah, it's just it is one of weirdly, in some ways, it's actually more famous than its visuals because you've got stuff like the Tie Fighter noises, all the blasters and noises and stuff like the Falcon. You can the make a point. Lights- the lightsabers, all their yeah. sound effects. Obviously, it's, it's yes, weird. It that. is more famous than than the visuals, which is yeah, completely crazy because it's a film. Um, yeah, yeah, and also because everyone recognises most things from Star Wars. 
Yeah, R two D two's bleeping so and stuff, you know. Yeah. yeah, Star Wars is just amazing. But anyway. oh, the uh, the I I really ever since watching that episode, I've I've really want an egg filled with melted red Leicester cheese. Yeah, I really hope you can get you can get that from like you know, there's a Star Wars theme park place. Yeah, no, no, it's, yeah. it's definitely, it's, oh, and it's definitely I just going to be a cheese sauce made with red Leicester. I was so so happy. They will make when, it honestly when I, all the all the egg was was a delicacy, and it was like yes, yeah, it's it's great. Oh, it was so I, great because <laughs> it's just it's just so like yeah, it doesn't and in character for the Jowers completely because yeah. they just they just they don't give a shit. They're just stupid children who he killed. <laughs> no, they're like this is my, my bet is they're going to, and if they don't do this, then they can you know at me. I'll give my email address at the end. You know, come to me for ideas, Disney. They can make a fondue set for it because the stuff in there is basically fondue, and also yeah. it's in a big bucket, so you can have all the sticks sticking in it, and you got a cheese oh, yeah. sauce, you got fondue, you got happy days. So, mace fondue. I'm gonna. I, <laughs> that's that's just appalling. Um, <laughs> what a fondue. Anyway, no. Um, that's basically it. Weirdly, I don't have as much to say about the episode. It's so concise. It's such a simple plotline that does it so quick. It's the it's the perfect way to to sort of move on after the first episode. Gets a lot of exposition out of the way. Done it. It does it well, but it's the perfect thing to have like a a straight up story of its own mm. about him getting back. It's really so really cool. So basically, the first three episodes is is a free parter, and yes. by the end of that first three episodes. I personally, I remember saying to my dad, and he said the same, I feel like I've just seen an actual Star Wars film, and I feel satisfied at this point. And they could honestly, obviously I want more, but they could have just waited for another series. Because like the first three episodes are so satisfying mm. as a whole. So Which it's, brings us yeah. on to the next episode, really. Yeah. Um, what, um, do <laughs> what do I think? Uh, I think it's, I think it's um, if I had to rank the first three, by the way, I'd go episode two, episode three, episode one, and I would say they're all like probably eight out of ten. I'd rank, I think they're all excellent. I'd go probably two, one, three, and I think for me, yeah, um, I think one and three are both. I think they're like cusp of seven to eight, and two's an eight for me. Okay. Like I'd, I'd be okay with giving them. Yeah, no, I, actually, I, I, I think that you're right. I'd no, but I, no, I mean, I no, no, saying no, 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 I genuinely retract. No, 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 please, please, please. I think you're right. Episode two is is by <laughs> far an eight. Like episode, and episode two is definitely my favorite episode from this series. I adore it. Yeah. I love it I'm not sure it. if it's my favorite, but I do agree it's the best. Cool, I'll take that. I haven't actually fully decided though. To be fair, yeah, I, I mean, if you fair, it feels like a big continuation of the second half of the first episode because the whole thing about the. Um, the guild, the Nazi, yeah, the Nazi gold thing, and the guild. Oh, yeah, um, and the action in this episode's great. Yeah, um, I, I, so you mean the bit where he goes back to take the kid? Yeah, and he says it's the very, thing, the it's very, very uh, the Dark Knight because the action isn't particularly visible, but the way they use the lighting and the flashes and stuff makes it. The Dark Knight show is so good because obviously you've got the suit and you've just got this like dense guy in a suit. But yeah, exactly, and also um, someone who isn't overpowered. He can't, he couldn't you know pick up all these people and throw them around. He has to yeah. be smart. Which is it's like you know that, that weird bit in the Dark Knight where he like is throwing that dog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that yeah, that bit is great. I think it's it's interesting. They don't really touch upon this afterwards, so I wonder if they will next season. But the uh, the scientist guy, he he, th- he like throws away is like basically really gives a, really cares about the child. Yeah, and they never really even though it shows them scanning him, and it's I mean it's fairly obvious that they're trying to like detect its force powers or trying to harness them or something like that. 
But I think I wonder. I I hope that they dig into that next series, like about like you know the empire's sort of morality and how it you know uses itself. I'm not sure. Now I think about it, maybe they probably won't. I thought I thought that was really interesting. The bit where he basically you can read that scene as being the Mandalorian as being the bad person because that scientist might have actually taken care of Baby Yoda. Yeah. And arguably, Mandalorian puts the baby Yoda in more danger during the whole series. Series, yeah, can't speak. Properly. But that moment does really show, like, because he's about to let it go, isn't it? And anything he, he has to make that decision. Well, it's the point. That is the point. Yeah, it's the point where he changes his mind, decides that. Yeah. He should. He should be nice. No. It's a fairly it's simple. Funny. It's not. It's not a particularly complicated character change, but it's one that's executed well. So it, it doesn't. It doesn't really bother. And then, the showdown in the. Um... Like the kind of um, Mexican standoff he has, yes, <laughs> is is awesome. Um, and it's yeah, it's like, horrible. My friend said to me it was very much like a uh, Attack of the Clones moment when it, they all showed up oh, to I save see. him. Uh, yeah, it is. It it is well, th- in in the way that you know when all the Jedi show up near the Attack of the Clones, I yeah. still always love it now, even though it's just like a great yeah. fan moment. It's really it, fun. Like, and when when you actually see all the Mandalorians kind of like using their jetpacks and stuff, I couldn't help but be like, that's awesome. It was really cool. It, it, it felt weird, bad. though, because you know, cause the thing I was saying about the first episode, it felt a little bit contrived that they had the massive tribe there, and it feels, I feel like it was there so that they could do that in the third episode, hmm. so they could wheel them out and have them save him. Because there's a bit of like the weirdly slightly manufactured tension between him and... and I, uh, I, the guy who he has like a brief... The Mandalorian guy he has like a brief fight with. Yeah, jo- John Favreau. It is John Favreau, isn't it? I wasn't yeah, sure. Um, um, I'll look up his name if you want. No, 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 no that's fine. But like, I, it felt like that felt like a fairly strained bit of. I mean, it didn't do any harm. It just felt like a weird addition. It's to make. Paz Vizsla. It's a nice pay. It's a nice payoff to something that wasn't really set up. But it's fine either way. It's cool. It's a nice way to end the episode. And it's really cool seeing them all in jetpacks and flamethrowers and stuff. I'm really happy they keep using flamethrowers. That's brilliant. Although it's fair, never Mandalorian uses it, pretty much it's useless. <laughs> but whatever. Um, the whistling birds. That's uh, they're they're awesome. Well, it's like, like the Guardians of the Galaxy, stuff. isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's no, like a... What, yeah. Quills. Yeah. yeah. Hey, oh, Quill. Quill. Which oh! I also found weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but again, yeah, because they mentioned the foundlings again in that episode as soon as they're with the, the Mandalorians. It's like, oh, please shut up. It's so oh, awkward. I love the design of the helmet of the uh, the armourer lady. She's awesome, by the way. Um, Who's that? The, you know, the one who... Oh her! Weapons, yeah, she's cool. Uh, what's it like meant her. to look like? Is it like kind of like a Spartan helmet? It looks ancient Greek. Yes. No. Well, I, I think you hit them in Spartan. Yeah. The point yeah. is, it looks sort of medieval. It looks ritualistic, which is it's cool. Sick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah, right. I can't remember if it's a droid that says that there's like someone he like goes past who. Um, no, it's a. It's when he goes into the bar wearing all the uh, the new armor, which like looks that looks amazing. I love that. I really hope he gets it coloured in the second series. Yeah, the upgrading stuff is so... Um, um, it's so video game It is. And, yeah. You know, in the last episode where he goes to the armourer and she's like, wait a second, I have some upgrades for you, basically. It felt, that's like, felt, it felt like being in a Bond movie. It's like, ooh, 007, I've also got this exploding pen yeah. for you. Yeah. <laughs> you no, yeah. <laughs> no, so he walked into the bar and, uh, and I think, it's either one of the droids or one of the aliens who are like a bounty hunter. They say, uh, intruder. I think is a reference to Empire Strikes Back, when uh, you know when C three PO uh, goes to Cloud City and he meets another um, 
protocol droid. And he says, oh, hello. And it goes, intruder. This is how rude. Yeah. I think that's how a reference rude. to that. There you go. That's Such all I have a to weird say. little reference. It is. I swear to God. It's, I'll watch it again. And you'll think, you won't think I'm mad. I swear that's a reference. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the use of all the minimalist action is nice. And then, yeah, and at the end where he has to like jump into the cart, which like, is really, yeah. really awkward. It's, it's really it's like It's that whole thing about he looks so undignified all the time. Oh, another another a classic movie trope that they use again is when he shoots um, the guild leader guy, and he uh, then he like pulls out the piece of metal that was in his top pocket. Yeah, hey, people, look, have got to, people have got to start shooting people it's like in the an, face in movies. An Uncharted one, isn't it? Where it goes, look, Drake took a bullet for Sully because it gets oh, he's got it in the book. It. Yeah, it hits the book. Yeah, oh, so Christ. same as that. I'd love to see a tally of how many times that is used in a film. Yeah, because <laughs> it'll be an that'll be an insane list. It's but, um, you know it's part so of the charm, I guess. That you know it's making it makes it makes weirdly Star Wars feel like an actual attention to cinema, which weirdly yeah. it hasn't that much. It hasn't felt like serious cinema in quite a while. You know, in um, it's felt kind of like like it's not really of, that much. A good side is of it a kids show? Is it, do you think the Mandalorian is a kids show? No, I don't. I think it's a twelve. Must be a, it's probably a twelve. I thought. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Doctor Who's been. A, Oh, why does I say Doctor Who? Oh, no. Yeah. Star- I'm mixing my drinks. Star Wars has been like a, a 12 every time since Revenge of Sith. Is it? Yeah. Which is I think they could have avoided that if they just avoided the bit where he's about to kill some kids. Can't lie. No, it's the bit where he gets his legs burnt off as well, though. Or, oh, yeah. I can't lie. I think it's better. I think it's better. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, I, 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 mean, I agree. They should, that, that, that scene should have stayed in. No, that's, I've got no problem with that. yeah. Um, it's important, and the killing the kids thing is actually important for showing that he really has crossed that line. Yeah, showing that he did quite as good a job of explaining why, but you know, whatever. I don't know. The point it's, is, I think this this, feel, this feels the least like a kids' show than anything else Star Wars has done in a while. Well, it's not animated, for one. It's, um, you know, harkening back to 1960s Western movies, which yeah. no kid has seen. You know? No, <laughs> I, I haven't even seen them. Exactly. Um. By the way, the the kind of a bullet taking that you know something taking a bullet for you. I yeah, yeah. Ha- I think that happens in the the Man with No Name trilogy. He puts a sheet of metal underneath his um clothes. Oh, really? A standoff. Yeah. It, it's like oh, that's funny. So maybe. Oh, there you go. I probably that's yeah, that would make sense. From. Could be where it comes from. So, um, move on to episode four, and I feel like this is where the actual argument is probably going to start, or possibly, maybe not. Because I've heard, I haven't, I've tried my best to avoid other people's opinions as best I can because it tends to go badly. But I think people don't, haven't responded too well to Sanctuary, which I was surprised by because I thought it was great. Um, because I, I thought think, it was a, it was a really nice. Oh, I mean, okay, I've, all right, fine. So, firstly, I think it's a really nice bit of world building for showing like that that settlement because that it's so rare that Star Wars dwells on side characters. And people who aren't major to the story, they do a really good job of spending downtime with those people and making you give a shit, which I think is is quite new for Star Wars. And it also makes the threat that turns up later actually feel more real for it because the Mandalorian now, especially, it's it's. I think it's a useful episode to have for a few reasons. Firstly, because the Mandalorian has just got the child, so now he has to be a father, and essentially. And that is mimicked by the fact that he has to watch all the villagers take care of their young and stuff, and showing that he, and also showing that he has to take responsibility for someone else's life and not his own, which is why going to a desolate planet to face one threat against a village 
even though it's a you know it's a done thing like so many other things in the Mandalorian, I think it's really worth being there. Oh yeah, it's um, very very also, much yeah. the Western. It, this is one of the most. Pro- I think probably this is the most Western um, knockoff, mm. but in a good way. Um, I don't think knockoff Mandalorian is fair. Okay. I, I can't. No, I just couldn't think of the word. No, <laughs> but it, but this is literally like the like this this episode has been done so much in yeah films. I know so much like a loads of it's basically a subgenre of western film where it's like <laughs> yeah. a village of people being invent like invaded by I don't know yeah. Native Americans or but to be fair you know, that does mean that they have to do it they have to do it. Yeah, they're gonna I'm do cool a western. They're gonna and they do it, it really well. Like, don't yeah. get me wrong, they do it really well. And also, the fact that the gunslinger must choose between a normal life and the gunslinging life that he leads—classic problem. Yeah, technically, but, it's, um, but the way, they, they need it again Captain because America. he has to take responsibility for a child. So he needs to see what that looks like. Yeah. To understand what it means to be responsible. Yeah, for which is else. why his. Which is no. This episode is necessary. It's not yeah. fat. It does not. It did not. At the no. time, it did feel not as good as the first three. But it didn't feel bad at all. I'd probably yeah. still give it a high six or a, or a seven out of ten. Okay. Like I, I do. I give it a mid seven. Yeah, and also they do the Dalek thing. Should we talk about that? In a in a minute. First, so first okay. of all, they do a great job of showing the real world impact of the Empire. That was the other thing I was saying earlier about the showing the settlement. Is it shows that even after the Empire's gone, this like it has a the, the presence the Empire has on normal people is mm. not something that is shown very much in Star Wars. In the films, it's usually it's always is always about the most important characters. It's like yeah. it's the Cloverfield effect, where yeah, uh, you see a, when you see a film that's from the perspective of the normal people, it makes it feel much more tense. Mad Hatter, J.J. Abrams. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, yeah, the, yeah. No, I, <laughs> I think I even had written in my notes somewhere the word Dalek. Yeah. But it, that is, but that's the thing. It's part of the continued grounding that this show is doing to the universe by making the Empire seem scary because it's toned down because it's just one ATSD. By the way, looks amazing. Yeah, I love that with, at night with the red lights in the thing with the visor. That's I honestly think that's the coolest an ATSD has looked in. Anything. Quality Star Wars lighting, a bit like you know in the Force Awakens when yes. they use um, the Kylo Ren's lightsaber in the snow. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sick. Uh, yeah, it's done. Yeah. It's basically both these scenes are doing a better job of what they tried to do in Attack of the Clones with the in the dark lightsaber fight. Yeah, making it look bit. menacing. Yeah, they do. I mean, it's kind of cool in Attack of the Clones, but it's done really well yeah. in the other two examples I've given. I've, I've seen one complaint. I've only seen this as a minute. I tried to avoid. I've seen one complaint about this episode, on. which I half expected you to make. I'm glad you didn't. Is that some? I heard. I saw someone person complain that they're saying, "Oh, they're just, it's just red to make it look scary." I thought it was a stupid thing to say. What? But... What are you on? Who is this guy? No, I know. Like what, I, the worst thing what? is, I had a pre, I had a pre-prepared uh, uh, retort to that. So I'm almost sad you didn't say it. I'll save that for another day. But I don't mind. know how low you think of me. <laughs> no, like, I know oh, it's not. I don't even red as an emotive color. I'm sad. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's That's not just annoying. that though. But it's also uh, I'll I'll go through my retort. I'll be a sado because um, <laughs> red light is what you use at night because it doesn't cause glare. Hmm. So all night lighting is in is in red. It's like when you see uh, astronomists, you know, they always have red lights with them because otherwise they won't be able to see the stars. Huh. Anyway, that's the thing. But it also, but mainly, yeah, it looks cool. It looks like it's got two massive red eyes. Yeah, leave it out. That's sick. Um, I okay. So again, also it introduces uh, name of character insert here. Um, oh shit! What's her name? Oh, the lady, the cool lady, the, the ex rebel person. Yeah, yeah, she's really cool. 
They did. Um, they did a fairly okay. They did a good cool job of introducing her and having them fight, which I really liked. It was yeah, the fight's really good. It well, felt really um, powerful. All that. But let's. They uh, did... let's... So oh, I was just going to say, like, because I did film at uni, I can't help but watch stuff and think, oh, how are women being represented? How are okay. various groups being represented? Uh oh. No, and the fact that okay, well, obviously she's not sexualized, but well, that's the fact good, that yeah. like the fact that he hits her. Yeah. He, he doesn't even fucking hesitate. Yeah, no, it's quality because it puts them on the same level. So yeah. Also, great. she basically beats him, which is kind of funny. Even yeah, he's got a giant helmet and armor. She's and awesome. No, she's she is great. And I just think if you want to represent people in a really cool way, this is this is top representation. Yeah. No, she's and I and her addition to the story is actually really cool. Yeah, she's a good character. I she's, like her. she's the gunner. But they did. This is this is sort of well. This is probably mostly down to this episode. I don't think they did a superb job of explaining who she was because I spent quite a while judging by the way she dressed. I thought she was ex Empire. Yep. Yeah, so Cause did she was I, on because she was on end. It's on Endor, isn't it? That yeah, Mark. I thought she, I thought she was um, ex Empire until yeah. uh, the lo- the seventh episode where they said she wasn't. Yeah, I think it's only when I watched it a second because I watched it the episode twice in the same day because yeah. I really liked it. That, that it was only on yeah it was only on the second time watching it and I was like oh see she was right okay they, yeah the dialogue there it's cool dialogue but in terms of explaining that particular thing yeah kind of badly done but yeah. at least by the time you got I mean to be fair both ways it does work they don't really do an awful lot I mean her to be fair the only reason her character sticks around with Mando is because she hates the Empire so she agrees to take part so to be fair it is kind of important so mm. I'm not entirely sure but you know at least at least that's the way. Do you want but, some um, sort of trivia thrown your way that will be Absolutely. Like, oh, absolutely. Weird. Okay, not really trivia, but the person who directs this is Bryce Dallas Howard, Ooh. who is the main character lady in uh, the new Jurassic Park films. That's that's interesting. That's quite funny, actually. Cause it's quite weird. Forest and stuff. Well, the use of the ATST is very, very similar to the way uh, obviously the dinosaurs are used in the Jurassic I Park just, and Jurassic Also, World she films. plays Gwen Stacy in Spider Man 3. That's Emma. What? That's a. Uh, that's Emma Stone, isn't it? No, that's in Amazing Spider-Man. Oh wait, Gwen's in. Oh no, she is, isn't she? Yeah, he has to yeah, save her. Yeah, he dances with. Oh, that's that's awkward. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. I'm assuming that means that she's more of a director than she is a actor. No, I think this is the only <laughs> thing she's ever directed. What? Oh no, she's directed two things. Then how did she get involved? <laughs> I, I guess you know, know John Favreau because of comic it, books, it, maybe. Because it would technically be, um, it would technically be risky, right? Uh, you go. She's only. I think she's only really directed one other thing, and it was a small thing for telly. Maybe. So it's like. It's well, crazy. Good. It's good. It's good. I mean, it's it's always nice when people involve. Um, she's in a. She's she's in about twenty five movies. But yeah, she's yeah. a proper actress, so it's it's cool yeah. if she gets the. Have a directing debut. And it's a good it's job, cool. You know? And she does a good job of of um. I sorry, I was going to say writing. John Favreau writes. Mm. But she oh, does I a good know. job of depicting. I think John Favreau did write this, but there are two episodes. The next two he didn't write. Okay. Oh no! Yeah, you said. Um, but it's nice that both both the um the ex rebel lady and the um the village the person who sort of really likes Mando. Yeah. They're done. They're done very nicely. And it is it's quite cool, sad. As well, this is the first time we probably get to explore that he can't take off his helmet. Yes, even though it is, it is kind of a weird scene when he does sort of in front of people, but they sort of can't see him, but it's kind of weird. Yeah, you just kind of have to ignore it. Yeah, I mean... Okay, next episode? 
Yeah, the gunslinger. Okay. Ooh, Obviously, okay. the gunslinger being a very um, yeah. That's that's name. the most on the nose they've gotten with the with the western I thing. I think this episode is it's not fine. bad. Yeah, it's, it's fine. fine. It's by far the least good. It has the least in it. It has the least. It's a it's a lot it's a lot more spaced out like the second episode, but but basically without any interesting like new characters or situations. It's, it's just, just sort pretty of... boring. Yeah, it's got there a cool actually... opening like dogfight thing. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. But kind I mean, of random. I was but... I was actually legitimately bored in some of this because you're yeah. basically watching him and some annoying guy. Yeah, go... they do not do it. They, they, I mean, they, I know he's meant to be unlikable. But it doesn't help that with the fact that Mando is supposedly working with him, and Mando doesn't take any bullshit. So I yeah. don't, you know, why it's sort of. It seems weird that Mando won't agrees to. It. I suppose he needs the money. It's, it feels a bit flimsy. Also, the 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 woman the who runs the um. Oh, she's alright. Uh, she kind of annoys me. I she's like. Got, it's kind of. It's kind of. Um, cool I like they use the you know the things from the pod racing and the. Prequels. Yeah, yeah, the nose droids. Cool. They're called. Yeah, yeah they're really yeah, cool. Yeah. It's just kind of cool. Not cool, they're awful. Another cool thing that Harry's um, Haunted Castle pointed out on his YouTube channel was the fact that this is like probably my favourite thing from this episode is that the the Mosaic Space Cantina is run by droids. Yes. Because they didn't let droids in. Yeah, so it shows how uh, he was saying about how it basically shows that the. the empire being gone has been a bad thing in some ways. It's a bit like you know the whole Tory party thing. They keep everyone in uh, in with jobs, don't they? I mean, maybe, but I mean, the, it's na- only the, the Nazis. Only... The Nazis defeated unemployment. Okay, apparently, oh, Jesus Christ. All yeah. right, um, yeah, but to be fair, I don't know. I don't know if that really works. To be honest, because Mando, Mando's the only one, at least in this show, who's got a problem with droids. Really? Hey, I'm Droid, just saying droid... that. Yeah, that's it's, like it's, that's, it's like his, busy, that's his it? prejudice. I'm just saying, no, the place busy. It's nothing to do with the prejudice. No, <laughs> You're no, saying no. it's got an economic downturn. Yes, yeah, that is exactly what I'm saying. No, that's, I... what, that's what Harry was saying. That the fact that it's run right. by robots now and not okay. people, All and right. there's also barely anyone in there, whereas it used to be hustling and bustling when it the could have been a Tuesday morning. It could have been a Tuesday morning. To be fair. Yeah, I mean, maybe I don't know. I feel like that. that I mean, fair enough to him. That's a, that's a fun little He's thing. probably just trying but to find something really notable. I would probably give this episode. It does a sound five. like he's. Tr- it does sound like he's trying to find something interesting about it. I um, really, really wish that they had skipped this episode. Because if they had, I'd have more respect for the series. Well, uh, it really, for me, this episode pulls down my overall rating of the series. The episode is here because they needed an episode to. They need right. So, the, the, I wish they hadn't gone to Tatooine. I've always said I have always have a problem when they insist on returning to famous places for the sake of them being famous places because it makes the world feel small and it makes it, you know, the fact that they're at Tatooine. Like, why couldn't they go to any other desert planet? But yeah. obviously the only reason they do is so that they can have a, uh, a Boba Fett cameo at the end. Because, well, it's not, it's not said that it is, but it is. And if it isn't, I will be disappointed because they obviously... He somehow got out of the Sarlacc pit. Well, Darth Maul can survive falling down a shaft with no legs, so yeah, I'm fine with Boba Fett surviving being sitting inside of a monster thing. Darth Maul doesn't survive, I don't think. I think he gets reanimated, so he does All die. Right, well, then... All right, okay, but to be fair, they said that you'd be slowly digested over a thousand years in Silent Pit, and Boba yeah. Fett's got a gun and a grappling hook and a flamethrower. 
and and any other manner of things. Just to clarify, listeners, we, uh, me and Mark, haven't finished watching Rebels or Clone Wars. So if we say stuff, and you I started wrong, watching it, but I don't really, I don't think, I'm, I don't think I'm going to finish. Yeah, well, we've seen fucking uh, Solo. We know Darth Maul's alive. Yeah, exactly. I'm just saying. Um, yeah, well, whatever. Cool. Um, yeah, really. Basically, this episode was just. Um, there are there are boring. things I like though. There are things I like. The, I Tusk- like. the Tuscan Raiders were cool. Yes, and also I, I like, love that bit. Well, again, they're referencing them. the fact that they can like move really quickly for almost yeah. no reason. No a reason no one knows. And the fact I that thought the CG looked really bad for the um, land speeder. I thought it was rubbish. Oh, what the the speeder bikes? You mean? I remember looking at it and just being like, oh. "What?" what I, I, no, I'm I thought being like, "Well, this good. episode is just like no budget here, is it?" Oh, I disagree. I, I but, think and also, rubbish. so the uh, the cool strategy, I, I thought there was a cool strategy where they had to use the flash grenades to blind the sniper and find it. That bit was great. I really liked that. I wish there was more stuff like that in the episode because that was That's the only that was that was the meat of the episode was them yeah. stalking out. The bounty hunter, as two bounty hunters were. See, I thought she would have cool. become relevant to the overall series, but dead. Yeah, dead. I mean, yeah, she, get, the, she gets fridged very quickly. <laughs> literally, the main issue of this episode is it just does not feel like it has any any impact on the rest of the series. That's the only True. issue. Uh, but it is it's, an issue for a series like this because that's why it's only there for a Boba Fett cameo. They'd set Let's go to Tatooine and please the people who want to see Tatooine because if they don't see Tatooine, they're going to piss themselves and get really angry and throw a fit. They set themselves a high precedent, to be honest, with the first four all feeling important. Yeah, I know. Uh, and but it's just, it, has, big, yeah, it has a boring beginning, it, a boring yeah. end, a kind of interesting middle, and that sort of, and it's inconsequential. It was when so. we got to chapter five and chapter six, although chapter six is good, uh, that I started feeling, oh, I'm watching a TV show rather than a film. Okay, but to, yeah, to be fair, I think that is sort of not unfair is the wrong word, but it's sort of that's more to do with the fact that, like you say, the first three feel like a three-parter more than anything. They feel like a, yeah. almost a separate thing. I know thing. you can't criticize for what they didn't do, but if it was me, yeah, well, exactly. I would have made them all just carry on the same story until the end of the series. No, it would it would have gone dry. It would have gone boring. It's good that they they moved to new places. I'm almost glad they did the guns thing. I think they just could have done it better. That's all. There's nothing mm-hmm. fundamentally wrong with the idea of him getting sort of tied up in helping another bounty hunter. What, what would you rate the gunslinger? I give, give it a, a high, five. high five. Maybe yeah. a high five, but yeah. maybe a mid five. It, it's just point is an average bit of television. It was. It was all right. Um, what was so yeah, next? The prisoner, which is which got is, so many famous people in it. It has so many cameos. It's like yeah, they're coming out of our ears. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> My favourite being Bill Burr, who is one of my absolute top, like top ten favourite stand-up com- stand-up comedians. He's an absolute hero, and the fact that they hired him for this—he's never done any acting. I just want to kiss John Fowler, or whoever cast him. He's great in it as well. Thank Christ, he gets the best joke. Well, mm, top two best jokes in this show. Oh, his um, impression of the. Um, oh John, no, not Gungan. No, no, the bit. So he's a sniper. He was a sniper for the Empire, and then uh, he said, "Oh, he's the best shot." Amanda's like, "Oh, does he?" And then he just the guy just loses it. He goes, "Hey, look, I wasn't a stormtrooper, okay?" Yeah. You want you remember that? <laughs> I love that. I just love. I love. I love the because that does so much for which again gets touched off in the other one of the top two best jokes in the last episode, which is I just love the idea that stormtrooper snipers would have hated being part of it because everyone would have laughed at them. 
because mm. they've got such bad aim. I love that. It's such a good joke. Um, yeah, no, he, yeah, he's my favorite cameo. Also, second is Richard Ayadi, which is again, yeah, fantastic I casting. Trying to out who he was? Yeah, no, it took me like half the episode. I was really ashamed. He should, he should have said Jen at some point, and I would have, I would have got it. Yeah, we're docking on the spaceship, Jen. So we've also got. Um, I <laughs> it's can't amazing. Name. He's a droid. It's so great. He's a famous nerd. Get him to play a droid. Sorry, go ahead. We've got the guy. <laughs> we've got Clancy Brown, who is the um, the prison guard in Shawshank Redemption, and he plays the devil. He plays Hellboy. Guy. Yeah, he is basically um, Hellboy, isn't he? Because he doesn't yeah, like fire doesn't hurt him, and he's really strong and stuff. I mean, now that you've said it, yeah, he's just Hellboy. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's Hellboy and Xenia on a top, mixed with Catwoman, yeah. mixed with the slave from uh, Jabba's <laughs> Palace. Yeah, <laughs> she's super weird. Like we were just praising like them doing some some quite cool uh, female characters. This one like threw that out the fucking window. Oh yeah, she's played. No, by we need Nat- an oversexualized female character in an and alien she's, suit. She's played by um, Tonks <laughs> from from Harry No, Natalie Tanner. Seriously? Oh yeah, no. Oh wow. Okay, that's weird. Yeah. That's I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh okay. And then we've also got. Um, I'm trying to find his name because he's really he's quite well known. The guy, the guy who, played, who the guy runs Mark the, the Bone Junior, who plays Flash in Batman Begins, and he's yes, the he's the main guy as well. Swear to me, he's classic. Yeah, where are the other drugs? <laughs> <laughs> it's a classic scene. <laughs> yeah. he, 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 he likes he likes falafel. Scene. He likes falafel. What can we say? <laughs> yeah. um, what his kids don't like falafel. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason the reason I uh, I in particular so this is I mean this is. I know it's not the best by by any stretch, but this is my favorite episode for a few reasons. It's cute. The first thing is the thing is as I, even though it's a you know again it's an obvious trope the whole heist thing prison like you know prison escape, but the thing is the original Star Wars, especially A New Hope, is basically a heist film for the most of the time. It's okay. all about. It's like infiltrating places and stealing no, it's so true. And getting and they, out. They, they get the team together, don't they? Yeah, the exactly. And then oh, at wow. the end, they do I, the I've final I've never thing. thought of it like that. Yeah, no. And then obviously in Return of the Jedi, they then sort of do another one, and then in uh, Phantom Menace, they do it again. So it's like a it's like a returning theme doing this sort of thing, which and it just made me it made me feel so much like and also seeing the uh, the Rebel Guard on the ship was really nice, um, with a with a stupid bowl hat. On again, mm. you know, classic, classic bit, of, bit of a uh, bit of costume design. I love that. So yeah, it just, it just, it, it, for me, it fitted right in. Um, but it's also nice. He's tense. He has to contend with all the crooks and stuff. And when they find Baby Yoda in the cupboard, that's really awkward. Yeah, that's really that's scary. A great scene. Yeah, because yeah. you think that they're all gonna like eat it or something. <laughs> it's really does horrible. That, does that have the force strangle bit? Is that when he force strangles? No, I don't think so. When is it? Baby Yoda does the force strangle. That I think that's in the set in like the last episode with the flamethrower guy, isn't it? Uh, I can't remember. Does he force strangle anyone? Yeah, he does. I forgot. I wow, well, well then, if I don't, if you don't know, I don't, I don't know for sure. He definitely does, and it might be this one. Oh, and it's not shit. the next one. No, I don't think so. I think I'd remember. No, no, I, I can promise you, he definitely does. No, no, fair, fair, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. It definitely isn't in this episode though, because I feel like that would be the thing. Because I think Mando just takes it off him and then. Yeah, but um, oh the the droid fight scene, I absolutely love that. That's the best yeah. action scene in the show. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, it's so cool because some of the action scenes in this show um don't 
they're, they're very half and half. Like sometimes they show us the action really well. And yeah, they use like the atmosphere and sh- like yeah, being sort of. But sometimes I feel lit. like I don't know what I'm looking at. You know? Yeah. Whereas this one's proper close cut, well choreographed, really messy, which is why yeah. it's so cool. He spends half of his time just like on the floor, just dragging people down. It's like a John Wick. It feels thing. so much like John Wick. Yeah. And then also like, later yeah. on when he like rips the drawer apart and like loads of oil pours out like blood. We also have little, um, loads of stuff like that. It's so I cool. love that. They should do more stuff like that. They also yeah, have yeah, the, they should. The um the great bit where he kills the the horny guy by um using the door as, again. Oh, the blast doors! Yeah, yeah, yeah. classic. Awesome. Also, that, that's has... my that's my favorite scene from this. He's yeah, he's just got a proclivity for for killing people with doors. But then it's like his have, favorite thing. I don't know what I think about the bit where he's a weeping angel. Find again, no. So <laughs> it's a it's a it's a Dark Knight thing, isn't it? Oh, it is. Of course, it is. Yeah, like in the Dark Knight Rises around the, around the yeah. corridor, because he's oh, like I... he's like a predator. I love, I love that. It's so it's such a silly fan wank thing of uh, <laughs> yeah, the Mandalorian takes them. Up. But I just I, I I don't care. I love it. It's just so cool watching them all get because they've all watched him like take everything down and then escape, yeah. and now they're they're just shitting themselves. <laughs> on oh, Bilbo, this is a random thing. Bilbo's like a handgun that's on like a stick is really cool. I like that. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Don't know why. It's a nice little design. I, I think like that, that the um the criticisms there's not yeah. Uh, really, really. Oh, the new, the new, the, the character who's in the prison cell, who's like the male so, version, is so irritating. Fucking, fucking rubbish. Him and his sister. Are I really unbearable. like. I know they need, they needed someone to be there to do that, but he is kind of awkward and doesn't really serve a purpose in the narrative. No, I just, I just feel like they're just saving the most irritating teenager. Saving ever. Private Dickhead. Yeah, it's a bit rubbish. Yeah. Oh, I, I hate um... him. <laughs> uh, and then the other. The other thing that is that is, is probably my biggest problem with the show, with not the show, that episode. It's the really design annoying. of the ship is inside is so dull. It's and it's too dull. It's like a prison it's, ship. It's fine. That makes sense, sure, but they. I don't oh, I like, like it. It. it, it I, does like, I think it gets better when, a lot when... of people. A lot of people have leveled this criticism. Really, it's not, it's not well designed. It looks really cheap. It looks below par. It looks me, like TV I think budget the, rather than film budget. If I may be devil's advocate, I don't think I'm being devil's advocate here, to be honest with you. But um, the point is, the rebellion is still like in a bit shit, and it's just using old ships. Also, yeah, I say it's a prison ship; it's a transport ship. But it, okay, anyway, look, if you don't like it, the point, it gets a lot better as soon as it, the escape happens with all the lighting, a lot of the red light starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When stuff. it gets red lighting, it gets cooler. And yeah, when there's fighting going on, it's really cool. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I, I wouldn't call that a big issue. I mean, it's 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 there to confuse them because it's all grids and corridors and stuff. That's why they need the droid to show True. the ground. True, yeah, fair play. Um, I'm not saying it's a huge issue. I just personally find it really... It just looks really budget. But kind you, of. You've backed it up in a me, way weirdly, works. it looks like old Doctor Who episodes to me. Weird, like, like Oh, yeah, but that, those were big... They, those were on a really tight budget. Yeah, but so the, point, can, like, that's the thing that. is, I don't, think that, I don't think that matters. I think if you're going to skimp on budget, that's an okay thing to do. Mm-hmm. Also, if I'm going to be really, really arsehole about this, then the whole rooms all need to be, like, completely white because it shows that rebellion, the good people, you know, they're not violent or aggressive, and they're the ones who are being... Rather than the Death Star, where it's all dark interiors. Yeah, it's all... Yeah, exactly. Dark side and light side. Yeah, 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 all that shite, whatever. I know, that's bullshit, and I feel a bit sick now that I've said well, that, but never you know, mind. No, but that is the whole um, the playground kind of uh, yeah. morality. Exactly. Is, is Which does make it feel like older Star Wars. I, I really like morality, because literally, like, at, at primary school, everyone talks about 
oh, he's he's on the dark side. He's on the yeah. light side, you know. Uh, boring. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. I also really like the little... It's, a, it's only a tiny little thing, but the addition of the X-Wings at the end and the classic uh, I love that bit. shots of them. I think... Um, looks great. Is it Dave Filoni? Is it? Is one of the guys... He's the guy who directed some of the other episodes. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. Oh, also, a really cool thing. This is, again, a really small thing. Um, so, do you remember at the end of the at the end of that episode when the experts are coming in to yeah. uh, to attack them? There's like the, in the in the hangar, they're bringing out like a a, a fighter plane. Uh-huh. That is a a bow fighter, which is a World War Two bomber. Um, oh, cool! A French, I think is... it's French or British. But that's um, cool because obviously the dogfights and stuff apparently in the original Star Wars film were inspired by certain dogfights. Not just that, but it's what's really cool is that this is so in original Star Wars, all pretty much all the weaponry, all the guns. Are all uh, basically they were all replicas of World War Two guns that were then adapted. So oh, Han Solo's pistol is from a, a Mauser German pistol, and like the big um, uh, like the, the Sand Trooper, the massive guns. That's like a, I think it's an MG forty two, which is another yeah. German gun. They basically they and so I lo- I love the fact that they use a, a World War Two ship as a weapon because that's so that's such a Star Wars thing to do. That's such a cool such a little thing. Detail. I just love that. Also, it's way, a shame they blew it up because I really like that ship. Because the, the both is a really cool looking ship, or like plane rather. The guy who wrote this, yeah, uh, was screenwriter for for the Dark World and for Ragnarok. Right. Hang on, screenwriter. Yeah, so he he wrote it. Oh, okay, that's weird. I thought Taika Waititi wrote Ragnarok, or did he write it with him? Maybe he wrote it with him. That's super weird. Yeah, I can't, that that's a different. That's a tip. That's a really tricky uh, portfolio to assess, to be honest, because mm. they're not that. I that I did not expect them to bring in the same. Oh, you know what? I reckon Marvel did that because they didn't want Ty- Taika to go off the rails. So they basically said, "Okay, you've done a Thor film. You go in and make sure he doesn't completely lose it and go off the rails and like make Thor into like a, a drugged up mental case or something." Yeah, well, Thor: The Dark World does have an. Um, sorry, uh, Thor Ragnarok does have enough links to the other two for yeah. it to feel like a like it's part of the trilogy. That actually explains so much because I, I think a lot of people were surprised that that Tycho didn't basically go certifiably insane. Yeah. On the, I mean, he does go. I mean, he does go a bit mad. Well, but, you know, we'll, compared we'll to his other. This. Yeah, we've yeah, got, yeah, yeah, we're going to talk uh, about it later. When, when we like, talk about Tycho Vititi, one of the points I will talk to you about. So we shouldn't talk about it now, but I will bring no, it up no, and no. we'll just gloss over it. Is the fact that Ragnarok? Because um, I watched all his films in order for this mm. uh, thing that we're gonna, when we're going to talk about it. And it, um, obviously, it being the first Watiti film I'd seen, at the time it felt crazy. But now I've seen his other films, it, it honestly feels um, watered down. And it does, yeah, exactly. Uh, I do really feel like weird. that must be that guy there, basically just sort of occasionally giving a pat on the back and a glass of water. Yeah. Sort of go, okay, let's calm down, okay? Yeah. <laughs> or it yes, sort of gives, it gives him a laxative, does, does and then while he's in the bathroom, story. just sort of crosses um, out a few mental things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, the the prisoner is a simple episode, but it's I don't know, it's got so much stuff in it I really like. I mean, I would probably I would give it I would give it a are, seven. They are the th- I'd give it a six. I think it's good. All right. Um, okay. I think I think these two are filler episodes. This one, uh, yeah, but this is filler done well. This is cool yeah, is. filler. This is filler, cool filler filled to the brim with cool stuff. It's cool filler. It's just that uh, all the episodes nah. in this oh. all the episodes. The thing is, I don't think the uh, personally the Mandalorian has had a filler episode yet, which I adore. So basically, my uh, mind says if it's filler and Mandalorian, it's bad. But this isn't filler. bad. You need it's a filler. Six. But um, 
You just don't like the mid-season, basically. Yeah, I, I will annoy you by saying that I yeah. actually think this is the second least good episode. I think it's close to Sanctuary. I think the bottom three. I think the bottom three are uh, Sanctuary, then Prisoner, and then at the bottom, God's Singer. I think they're the bottom three. The first, mm. the first, and I also think the first three are better than the last two. I think the first three is the best. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Oh, okay. I, no, I agree. The first three are better than the last two. Yeah, for sure. I think the last two are still great. Because the, they well, y- yes and no. So we'll get they on to are. the last two now, shall we? Yeah, we yeah. Have, well, we probably should. Really, there's not much more to talk about thingy. Yeah. So what's the last one called? Redemption. Is it no, we've got we've got the reckoning, and then we've got redemption. Oh, re- the reckoning. Uh, I would hmm. criticize the reckoning. For sometimes being boring. The first half is dull. But the second think. half it's is... It's cool, it's nice. Well, how they well, draw the, together the, characters The bit together. where he force heals him is brilliant. Yeah, but that's after the first half. That's after they have that big attack. Oh, okay, well, basically, from then on, the episode's brilliant. But the first oh, half of yeah. that episode is is fine. It's like Again, pretty average. Yeah. But then the second I, half of the episode is yeah. a seven. Oh, and the, the way that they uh, use the IG unit, that, um, yeah, uh, what's the really Quill... Cool. Again, oh, actually, his role to be in, fair, his you say it's the... dull, but the bit no, where that... it shows him training the IG is quality. Yeah, Brilliant. that is. That's not till later, though, is it? I don't think. No, it's in the first half when they get the team together and he shows sure? how Quill trained him. Yeah, definitely, because it's when they All go right. to visit Quill's house. Well, I like that because, like I say, his his role in the first episode was to sow the seeds of him becoming a better person, and now he's basically showing how Mandalorians won prejudice wasn't founded. Well, you shouldn't fight your prejudices by destroying them, but by turning them into good things, because he programs yeah. idea to take care of the child. He's the best, best character. Really... He's the mo- I mean, he's the most important character of the story, apart from Mangalore. He is, he's basically the Yoda of this series, in terms of like... But ironically, he's, yeah. He, he's the sage <laughs> character. Yeah. He's teaching him these lessons. Yeah. Um, no, but the, yeah, uh, the, use of, the use of force healing is really good, especially because it helps to... Uh, solidify the canon because that is one of the things that a lot of people are a bit wibbly on because it's obviously in the games and then it turns up in the rise of skywalker and everyone is a little bit like okay is this a thing so it's nice that they include it again as a thing yeah i just think just generally it's nice to just sort of confirm bits of canon where you can just to stop the whole the whole thing from falling to pieces which the star wars universe is always slightly at risk of doing at times yeah, yeah. if you take a step wrong um it's really sad when cool guys it's horrible. And it's also uh, quite sad um, when you think that the leader of the guild's going to die. Um, yeah, I don't find it that much of an issue because he's, he's a bit of a prick and he's not very likable. So I didn't, the, well, yeah. They, I think, I think they, had, I really to, like they the had to kill, they had to kill uh, Quill. Quill because they had to raise the stakes. And obviously he's sort of, he's formed his, you know, he's done his function. I love how they bring back the Death Troopers the uh, the black the black yeah. people you see in Rogue One they're yeah. really cool so cool um, however <laughs> yeah so Moff Gideon this is kind of talking about I mean we can't we had to talk about these both these episodes together basically this is a two parter um, yeah so Moff I don't right so first things first I'll just put this on there. I don't think it needed to be in two parts I think they could have made this a one parter that was like maybe thirty five minutes rather than twenty five anyway um, really. Yeah, because the first I, half of this episode, of the first first part, was very very slow, and the and the sort of the the, the way that everything pl- pans out in the second part is very slow. I like it because for the most part, it does a good job of building the tension, but it did make me feel a little bit like I was waiting waiting for something actually to happen. 
in it. I agree. Um, the pacing in pacing is off in the last two parts, basically. Yeah, I agree. It is. I don't agree. It could have been thirty-five <laughs> minutes. I think you're more looking at an overall forty-five minutes. They could have cut ten minutes over. That is what it is. Yeah. Is it? I don't know. They could yeah. have cut an over. They could have cut an overall forty-five minutes. No. What am I saying? What they are you talking some... about? They. Could... I'm just saying. Mentally, yeah, just get rid of them. Fuck it. End on the yeah. prisoner. It's better. Um. I mean, I would. No, I'd give both these parts. I give the first part like a good six, and I'd give the second. I would give the last episode a seven. I do think it's really good. Mm, I think it's quite a low seven. So Moff Gideon, cool, but for this season, felt completely unnecessary. Because Hannah Bertzog's character was set up as being the uh, the prerequisites the big... for what the Empire is about to become. He's yeah. like this. He's the whole propaganda machine about you know his 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 speech about how the Empire causes prosperity. The thing you were talking about, I suppose, with the Mos Eisley Cantina and stuff. Yeah, feels like he's he is a you know he's a grounded and sort of pliable enough antagonist that you can conceivably beat him, but he's also conceivably a threat. The fact that he then pretty much immediately gets... He doesn't have enough screen time. He sort of just gets killed off by Gideon, essentially. Yeah. Who's basically, Gideon turns up and goes, I am the important person. And everyone's like, who are you? It doesn't matter who I am. I'm important. Um, and it looks really cool. And the actor who plays him, whose name I've forgotten, is, I, think, I think I've heard he's excellent. But I really wish he'd, just, he'd have turned up for next season. I really, I really wish he wasn't. Because it just feels unnecessary. It's no, not, it wasn't. A, I, I hadn't considered this, but I actually agree with you. Yeah, it's as an escalation. It wasn't necessary. We already saw that Quill had died, and we knew that they were trapped with the troopers. It, it feels makes, a bit weird to suddenly introduce the main the villain. We've we, no, yeah. never been alluded to that there's meant to be another villain behind it. Yeah, it makes the series feel less concise. It feels, Which basically, yeah. the reason the first three episodes are so satisfying is how concise it is. Like I said, to yeah, you, yeah, like, yeah I Obviously, yeah. I'm glad there was more. But yeah. they did such a great concise job that they honestly could have left it. That's how well they did. Yeah, I know. Like, and after that, the series is still great, but it falls. It does falter overall. Yeah, a little bit for the first three. They set themselves up too high in a way. Mm. I mean, not. But, but the, I, the, the, I, I would the last... say it's still really good, and the last twenty minutes are really interesting. And yeah, um, no, I the love... second episode does a much better job of it. Technically, yeah. just because it has more stuff in it that's to like, so the the amazing scene with the scout troopers is just is gold. Yeah, I think that's absolutely because well for a couple, first of all, it's really horrible because they're being really horrible to Baby Yoda and keep hitting it. It's also, a super Watiti scene. Yeah, excellent dialogue, yeah. and then and the also the fact, scene, the fact they can't shoot the thing. The shooting thing is beautiful. Yeah, because it's such a it's weird. Really, I always feel ashamed that I've never used that as a as a thing. No one ever sort of points out that the blasters might be a bit shit. Yeah, good point. Because yeah, I love yeah. that. I think that's that's that. I like sort of rattles it. It's sort of, it's almost slapstick. Yeah, that intro. It's really weird. Yeah. Um, it feels dialogue wise like all of a sudden you've got a visionary in charge of your dialogue. It felt like a robot time. chicken sketch. That it first did. Bit. Yeah, well, rather than Star robot chicken sketch. Yeah. So weird. Did you say Watiti directed it? Did he help write it as well? Because that scene felt so much like a Watiti scene. Uh, well, the way they, he's, the way he's they not talk credited for writing it, but you know it's Watiti, so it's a well, good chance that he encouraged, encouraged yeah, it anyway. Because the way know, that those he, two he likes to step off the script. Because I really wanna, I really wanna see an extended, uh, <laughs> an extended show, which is just the adventures of those two scout troopers. 
I see what then, ba- then basically I'd just having that. arguments with each other, like bitching yeah. with each other. I'd love that, like a Morkum and Wise. Maybe they'll honour the dead, aren't they? No, they're dead now. Yeah. <laughs> and please don't do an origin story for them, God. <laughs> origin story. I feel like I've now I've said that to somewhere in the ether. Disney's going to hear it and go, "Ooh, ooh, someone getting." <laughs> yeah, who do you, who would, who's like the most basic person you bring in to do something like that? Ooh. Oh, what, who, what? who are we going to insult? What? Who would I get to direct it? Yeah, direct like a really shite. Oh. Who's the most generic director in the world, or like writer? Well, I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm asking you to insult someone. <laughs> yeah, but we can, we can't do that because he's already done it. Uh, he's he's doing the wrong. He's really good, but he's just a not so good Spielberg who doesn't know how to end Ooh. things. And then um, John John Favreau <laughs> is good, but these Never are mind. people. These are people who are good directors, but um, they're not. Uh, I don't For the mainstream man, they're, they're like mainstream, yeah. Like yeah, they uh, are like mainstream, isn't it? Isn't it? There must. I can't think of someone right now. Yeah, I just feel like only Watiti would have done a scene like that. I don't think Favreau would have written in a scene like that if it weren't for Watiti. No, it's, it's I could Tar- be. I could be wrong. It's Watiti's like kind of post. It's it's the post Tarantino yeah. world of script writing. <laughs> yeah, that he jumps on. Uh, um, yeah. This, the, right, so the, the, uh, even though in the rest of the series the flashbacks were super awkward, they're really. I feel like they should have avoided them until this episode because when the super battle droid turns up, it's really quite scary. Yeah, and droids, droids in the prequels and in, I mean, first in all the films, really, droids are not really made out to be that scary. Um, generally speaking, battle droids in particular. I've seen what I have seen of the Clone Wars show, TV show shows that. Anyway, um, it's really nice that they make the super battle droids really scary and then shows the Mandalorians turn up is really cool. So that as a flashback works. But I kind yeah. of wish I kinda of wish they'd use that at the beginning. I don't know. The the whole the whole him not trusting droids is an is a is a really cool plot thread. I feel like it wasn't sort of exp- I don't know, I felt like it was treated in, in a weird back to front sort of way. Yeah. And we sort of learn why he hates droids just before he stops disliking droids. Feels kind of weird to me. Um to be anyway, fair, by the way, um, the IG the IG unit shoot up is is amazing. It's awesome. I like the bit voice. where he walks through the um, lava as well. That's cute. Oh, at the end. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a really nice way for it to end. I I agree. Yeah. No, but before that, so for the sort of middle of the episode where not much happens. Yeah, it's yeah, cool well, when the IG unit turns up and starts shooting, and then it's really cool when the flamethrower. Oh, it's up. a great it's a great um, shoot up. It is, it is a great shoot up. And, yeah. Uh, it feels it's... very slow, but it feels more tense. This is what I mean. I feel like they should have gotten to this bit quicker in the last episode because this is yeah. where the main thing's happening. And I, well, I is, like the fact that they're just stuck in a It's from here until basically. the end of the episode that it's actually genuinely very entertaining. Yes. Yes. Um, I think, yeah, I agree. And then the... Uh... Yeah, the, when the flamethrower guy take... turns up, it's really oh, cool, and then they escape. What did you think of them taking off his helmet? I was surprised I wish I hadn't early. seen him. I don't really have a massive opinion on it. I don't think I don't it matters like it was... that much, but I, I wish think... we hadn't seen him. I don't think it was necessary, but it did. I mean, it did quite a job, good job of making him seem a bit pathetic. Yeah, because obviously you you get sucked into the sort of mystification of him as a warrior. You think he's like D- this doesn't know, the um, doesn't by the way the guy in uh, the flamethrower go like I love my job and stuff like that. Yeah, he does. It's yeah, that's, that's... I love that. I think it's so shit. <laughs> yeah, it's so awkward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that but feels okay, like that's I, a, that's I, a, that feels like it's in a Michael Bay film. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. I'm in like a weird 80s action movie. <laughs> I love my job. Sorry, yeah. that's my terrible. That's what's an attempt at Schwarzenegger. I'll never do that again. Die, you um, Nazi bastards. Yeah. The, right, I, so again, when they go underground and they meet, you know, the, the Mando lady. Yeah, when she again, beats up those people, it's really cool. It's really cool, but again, it's super unnecessary. I don't. Why is she <laughs> it there? Is, it is why is she there? I thought they all left. They all left, and she's like, she's "I stayed bad. behind," and you're like, "Why? Because I must stay behind." Yeah, but why? Because someone has to stay behind. Because like, why do you have to stay behind? You make their shit. Well, how are they going to make their shit now? <laughs> Aren't you meant to be the leader? I'm so confused. Anyway, yeah, it's really cool when she beats them up, so I forgive them. It's very much. It feels a lot like the uh, the scene in Rogue One where the uh, where Ip Man kills all the stormtroopers. Like, it's yeah. really cool, though slightly <laughs> unnecessary, but I'll forgive it because yeah. it was cool. It, like, I'm, it cool I'm okay with that. I mean, I love the prisoner episode, so that's been an entire episode of cool but unnecessary. Yeah, so yeah. I'm not going to complain. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, the IG88 is a really on point self sacrifice for that. Um, it's a fantastic way to, to end on the, him getting a jetpack, which I've been. That is something I've been waiting for from the first episode. Yeah. And when he takes out the, the TIE fighter with that, he's brilliant. I love that. I think that's it's really good. So it's such a silly, like almost childish, like really anticlimactic way to end, but I love it. Yeah, yeah. you know, when he's like flying around off the edge of it, it's like I'm watching Scooby Doo or something. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was put in mind immediately of The Incredibles, where yeah. I was hanging on, on the back of Syndrome yeah. as a kid. It was just like, ah! ah <laughs> fly home, buddy! Yeah, exactly. I like, it's sort of really awkward violence, which again was what The Prisoner was when he's fighting the Mandalorian? Alien. And IG eleven, but I like that awkward violence is, is always is always great for grounding a story. So yeah, what do you think also, of the dark saber? I heard that apparently that's from thing. yeah, that's from the Clone Wars. Apparently, is it? I've seen it in I uh, yeah. I, to be fair, I thought I'd seen it somewhere else, not in the Clone Wars. I thought I'd seen it like in the game, like in the Knights of the Old Republic or something. Oh okay. I don't know yeah, how I feel about it. Be. Again, this is this is part of the reason. I understand they've got to make people excited for the next season, but yeah, that's definitely why they did it. Also, apparently, the Siege of Mandalore, as well, is something that's in the extended canon and stuff like um, yeah, yeah, in Clone Wars as well. I think. Yeah, and, I'm uh, sure. I'm sure like Rebels. Would, I'm sure it would be nice to see. It. I don't. I. I mean, I, I'm thankful in a way that you don't have. To, I'm, I'm thankful in a lot of ways that you don't have. No, to but see it's, those it's that it's that thing where it's nice for fans of that thing. Like it is nice for them. Yeah, it's nice, but I don't think it's I don't nice think... to be rewarded for the time you spent. You know, chugging yes, away. Yes, true, but but Nothing. usually it's better. It's better because they're not actual plot points that are. Because otherwise, this this show would suffer for it. Yeah, yeah. If they made plot points dependent on it, so that's yeah. nice. The lights thing is cool. And again, the, the, oh yeah, the Jawas are on this planet. The Jawas are on every planet, aren't they? Basically. Oh, with Jawas here. Yeah, because they were. Uh, I think one of the Jawas about to like take apart the Time Fighter when when he gets the lights when he cuts cuts himself out of it. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm not thinking of it right. Mm. Yeah, it feels that. So the reason I I feel uncomfortable about it is again, it's drawing itself too close to the original uh, storylines, and I'm fearful that they're going to try and tie it into the plot of one well, of the films because it, he's now got I, a lot. I, that means he must be, he's probably force sensitive or was in some way involved with Vader and the Emperor, and I feel like they're going to try and do something with it, and I yeah. really hope they don't. Well, I really, really, really hope they keep it to just him, and he's just a guy. Because the, the 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 villain throughout most of the series has never been the Empire. The Empire was like a was like an, ex, an existing part of the world. That's why it was great because they could make it threatening without yeah. it being a joke. 
Whereas now the villain is going to be the Empire. I really strongly don't want Boba Fett to be in the next series. I it's have it's unnecessary and it's relying on cool past characters when you can make a new one because it's the thing where by all means he is basically you know he could, they could have left him for dead and they don't have to bring him back for the you know for the sake of fan wank so I don't I... think that's necessary at all. So I've the reason also, I think that oh sorry go on I've also heard rumors so that Ahsoka might be in next season from the Clone Wars. Was she, the, she alive? She, she, she was at the Clone Wars. That was like, what, 40 years before that? This well, show. But there's, there's, there's rumours of it. I mean, uh, but, right. I mean I'm mean, i Again, I hope not, because that would just I, be before. Just, the Boba Fett thing I don't have a problem with. I, I, I'm so surprised you don't have a problem with that. So, no, here's it's the reason. the thing you don't like. No, right, okay. bring back people for no reason. Okay. So, firstly, it's tied into what I said about the reason I have a problem with Moff Gideon. It's because... Um, he is presumably, we don't know yet, tied into an important plot point of a, of the other films. Boba Fett is, I mean, d- despite the fact that everyone always talks about how much they love him, is not important. He's just sort of a guy who's there, and That's he's then given Django, a shite death. Django Fett is important. And yeah, but, and, but he is. I mean, he, anyway. we, we've seen his head come off, yeah. um, so that's fine. I don't. It, right for me, it comes down to if they use him sparingly or for one episode, that would be nice. I don't want him to become important. The reason the Moff Gideon thing is a problem because he's definitely going to be important next series. He'll have yeah. to be now. Um, yeah. And I think that's. I think the next series might. I think it might suffer for it. Maybe. Uh, I hope not. Yeah. I hope I'm proved wrong. Obviously. Basically, because of so. Now that we're reaching the also, end. oh yeah, sorry. The reason Boba Fett's cool is because he's got a Mandalorian's armor, but he might not be a Mandalorian. True. So that will be a thing. If they explore that, that could I'll be, be happy. If they, if he's just there to be a general antagonist, will probably be a waste of use of him. Yeah. So if they're going to bring him back, they got to use they got to use his character thematically. I don't think Moff Gideon's character is not important thematically, as far as I can tell. He doesn't draw any parallels with anything else that's happening in the story. Whereas Werner Herzog's character is, because he's showing he he's the he's the antithesis of what um, Quill has been trying to teach Mandalorian about um, how to make the world a better place. Yeah. So he, he feels makes like, it about money and greed. Yeah, and about prosperity. It's it's the British Empire whole thing about how we make yeah. the world better because we we give it order. The whole uh, yeah. looking at post empire. Uh, and the Mandalorian has kind of become more relevant now because of obviously the whole Black Lives Matter thing, and now that's yeah. a lot of people reflecting on the fact that uh, Britain, to some extent, well, probably to a big extent, because <laughs> it's not... dickheads. Yeah, we well, were, we were pretty we... we were pretty bad. Yeah, it's not a country that has reflected enough at all on its colonial sins. Definitely not. Uh, and not even even you know anyone who everyone who was born now is responsible for them. Because no, you but... know. Because but we owe it to ourselves to to learn about to it. Learn about and it, even yeah. even if it's little thing, little you know, it, it seems it seems pathetic, you know, having it in a little sci-fi fantasy TV show. But the the smallest things, you know, drawing your attention to important bits of history are, are great. And that that is why Star Wars originally was also great because it drew really important comparisons with real world events. Yeah. To do it, and even you know, and and the prequels do that as well, like you say. Yeah, well, there's so nuances. much to do with the Nazi Germany stuff in all three of them. 
Well, and depicting politics in, the, in a certain light. Yeah, well. even in, even in the way that um, Chancellor Valorum gets voted out. It's, it's very, more. It's very yeah, similar. The prequels' to, way of doing it is more societal than it is. But then, and the sequels do it in a more introspective way about individuals as characters. Yeah. Again. So they all. They, Star Wars does do that a lot, and I and it, I, I yeah, we both obviously really appreciate the fact that Mandalorian does that. Yeah. So. Um, woo. Woo. That's all the episodes. Uh, something we haven't said, which is woo. my favorite thing about Mandalorian, woo. is the end credits. Genuinely, <laughs> I oh the artwork. Oh and yeah, fact, whoever did the concept like, art. I think concept art and the use of that with the music is honestly yeah. I look forward to it. <laughs> I it love yeah. it. It does I feel like watching like uh, the end of a play where all the cast come out and wait yeah. for you. It's like... <laughs> it feels like the video game credits. You know, a lot of video game credits do stuff like that. Yeah, well, yeah, well I mean, all video games have like yeah, like concept art that they show you. Yeah, it's a really credits. clever way of integrating really cool. that into yeah. They the should credits, do it for like, more really. movies, like yeah, for more movies should. and stuff. They should do yeah. it. It's it's sick. Um, As provided so. them with a million posters to use. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, <laughs> oh. exactly. I I would definitely buy those as posters. They're gorgeous. Yeah, no, they're fantastic. Um, yeah. Hey, so Harrison, uh, what would you rate uh, the Mandalorian season one out of ten? I would rate it a seven out of ten. I would also rate it a seven out of ten, pushing to a high seven. I think it's solid mid overall. seven. I don't think okay for me. It's uh, I still think it's the best thing to come out since uh, Revenge of Sith. I think um, this and uh, Jedi Fallen Order, the video game, are the best two the, to combined. The two best things happened to the Star Wars franchise since, since it begun. No, I think since it begun, I think it's the best thing that's happened to it. What since it begun? Well, since okay, since the since the original trilogy. Oh, so you think it's better than prequels? I think, yeah, I think it's done better for the universe of Star Wars for what it for what it represents and what it means. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, I see. And that. As a world, don't take don't... that as a me hating the prequels. Please, no, no, I, don't get me wrong. We've had that I, I conversation think, a bajillion times. I think Revenge of the Sith is better than those two things that you just said. Maybe but in terms of what you're that, saying yeah. for the direction of it. Uh, yeah. yeah, possibly. The way it depicts have, the story. I don't agree, but I hundred percent see what you mean and why you would think that. And well, why. also. That would yeah. be true for a certain type of Star Wars fan. That would definitely be true. Hey, look, this is the thing. Neither of those two things are um, prequels, which in of itself is great. The Mandalorian, it's, it's it's its own story. Next season might not be, and if it is, if it isn't its own story. Gonna be angry about that, mm-hmm, but same. you know, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm I I, I think it's definitely what Star Wars needs to be doing now. Star yeah. Wars needs to fully move on. Uh, and sometimes, sure, do its own thing. You know, I'm really excited for the Obi Wan TV show. I'm seriously, I'm incredibly excited. I can't <laughs> express it. If anyone hasn't noticed yet, like Revenge of the Sith is my second favorite Star Wars film. It's not the second best, <sighs> but it's my second favorite Star Wars film. So I just can't wait to see more Ewan McGregor yeah. absolutely kicking people's bums. It's not going. It's not going to happen for a while. But yeah, yeah. there you go, Mandalorian. Bravo. Well done, John Favreau. Can you hand over Mando? You've made Star Wars not shit again, and for that, we'll always be thankful. Now, I wish. You know, when are you going to make Star Trek? Yes, Star he's going to move on. He's going to do every well, single thing. Well, they're talking about Tarantino, Tarantino doing that. This has been Out of Ten. Thank you so much for listening, and quite frankly, I'm as shocked as you are that we're still doing this. If, by some miracle, you've enjoyed this, do leave a comment or give a suggestion for what we should talk about next. 
You can also find us on Twitter at outer underscore 10 or send us an email to outer10podcast at gmail.com. We hope you can join us for our next review of Doctor Who and do keep an eye out for some film and music discussions coming up in the following weeks. See you soon.